Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. Uh, it's episode 258. I'm Dave and I'm here with Richard. Rich, how are you going? Uh, a bit tired, actually, but uh, looking tired. forward to the show. Tired? Well, uh, just run, just, just, run, just run down, you know. Too many just... women, too much wine, too much women. Is that Was that it? Uh, that was a it. lot of stuff, yes. A lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stress. Rich deals in a high-stress environment, plus you're still on the retail front lines as cases surge here in sydney australia we're up to twenty thousand, i believe a day now again is it i, I don't pay attention to that i just i just happen to see it. Uh, is it masks back on in the shop or not i have no idea no what do you mean <laughs> oh, i'm not wearing a mask no so they haven't made that ruling yet yeah i think there's a what? potential that that could uh be brought back in but whether it will or not but it's definitely up for discussion so yeah, Rich, so you are rocking and rolling. Um, I do want to point out, I want to put it up front of the show, I want to say thank you very much to the Doombots, the Doomsters, uh, who support Signal of Doom, and also our sister shows um, coming out from Signal HQ, Dread or Dead, myself and Adam, we did over two hours today, Rich, on Judge Dread Judgment Day. Surprised it was only two hours? It was, I honestly think, it was our greatest Dread or Dead yet. It was It was absolutely a joy. I was in such a good mood. Johnny Alpha and Judge Red team up in this one, and I was just in heaven. I was in heaven. I was doing deep dives, references. I think by the end, Adam Computer felt he was a judge on the streets, you know, facing <laughs> off against the zombies. I was really in fine form, and I was rested. I'd had a good night's sleep, you know. Up early, did the show, I was in such a good mood. Um, so I do want to say thank you to listeners for supporting Signal of Doom, Dread or Dead, and Legion Outpost is getting more and more popular. So I'm, I'm welcoming the kind of cross-mingling, the crossroads where you can sell your soul to the dark gods, Rich. I don't know if you've done it yet. <laughs> no need. No need, man. Robert Johnson for The Secrets of the Guitar. These crossroads aren't facing that. Um, anyway, so lots of shit going down. And can I say, please, if you want to consider supporting The Signal, um, please join up to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. It really does help. Um, it does help. There's extra content on there. Dion and myself are about to do another Cinema of Doom. Dion, and by the way, congratulations to Dion and Jen. Uh, Dion has just had, uh, well, Jen's just had a baby. Um, so welcome to the world, Callan. And uh, so that happened in the course of this week. So obviously Dion, uh, you know, troublesome performer at times, calls comics children's books. But we do, he does do a little bit, and I just, you know, stress the word little bit for Signal. Um, so I guess he does deserve a congratulations, and certainly Jen does. So that was the big news from Dion, the personal life. Hasn't really interrupted his tennis schedule, uh, Rich, you'll be happy to know. He's still going out, like, playing challenge matches, talking about how he's going to defeat me. Um, so not much has changed for Dion, really. But um, my Howard the Duck omnibus came in, Rich. I don't know what's what's been going on at your end, but my Chips Zdarsky Howard the Duck omnibus got delivered today, which I'm looking forward to digging into. And actually, I think we might do some on Signal soon. Um, looking forward to that. I, I have you? Did you check out any of his Howard the Duck? 
No, Howard, Howard the Duck's not really my, no. my, my, my bag. Yeah, that's it, man. But maybe it's time to get outside that bag, Rich, and live on the wild side. <laughs> Howard for president. No, I've, always, I, I've, I've, I've always preferred Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Duck is good. Don't get me wrong. Donald Duck's a legend of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, and ironically, now both obviously owned by Disney, Howard and Donald. It's and, and who I believe there was some. Uh, if not litigation, there was definitely some threats made to Marvel about Howard the Duck from Disney, I believe, regarding the pants and all that kind of stuff when it came up to the movie and would Howard be wearing pants or would he not be wearing pants and did Donald wear pants and it was quite a kerfuffle, I believe, at the time. Um, Yeah, so, Rich, what have you been reading and watching in in the last week since we've spoken to you? Um, I've, I've mainly just been playing Borderlands 3. Wow, really? So that's been that's been that's is that the reason for the fatigue? Is it been all up all night? Because I must mean I haven't heard much from you this week, Rich. You've been undercover. No, no, no. I haven't. I haven't been playing uh, that much. Very I only nice. played uh, m- mostly on my days off, right? Um, but uh, no, I've just been tired from just other reasons, just you know, lack sure. of sleep and lack of sleep, crap, and all that. The um, cocaine habit starting to really catch up with you. The yeah. drinking. <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> All that, man. I've, I've had a couple of late nights. So, wow. Uh, Any no, more it's, these, it's, what about these parties it, that you were having? That you remember last, it was a couple of shows ago, you were quite the socialite. Is that still going on, man? Uh, is it? Yeah, we had another get-together yesterday. So. Oh, there you go. See, the, this is a thing, Rich, and I'll give this advice to you right now. Nothing you can't walk away from in 30 seconds flat. That's it, man. If, if it's relationship stuff... If it's relationship stuff, Rich, that you're going through that's tiring you out, and nothing you can you can't walk away from in thirty seconds flat, throw them throw them a fucking twenty bucks and say get the hell out of town. Here's the cab fare. You know <laughs> what? The, <laughs> what do you think? I, I was up all night like arguing and and drama or shit. What drama? The I don't know what it is, man. No, no, like, no, no. No. no, 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 no drama. Just you know, <laughs> just late nights. Yeah, late night. We uh, so uh, we had, we went out the the other night because uh, one of the uh, the the woman there sort of resigned and oh. so um, sort of went out for dinner then and then cool. another sort of uh, late night last night and all that and then the weirdest thing happened the other night. I got woken up at three o'clock in UFO? the morning. UFO, UFO, UFO. No, no, just Sorry. something. So, something was banging. Right. Uh, I, 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 originally, I thought someone was trying to break into my apartment, but wow. it turned out it was just some banging from outside. But it woke me up at 3 a.m., and then I just couldn't really get okay. uh, like back to sleep. Yeah, to get a good yeah. Night's sleep. yeah uh, that again, is annoying. Just, that is annoying. That's why I said it's, yeah. just, it's a combination of just little, you know, yeah. stuff per day. And it's just it's just accumulated today where I'm just yeah. like, man, I'm shit tired. Yeah. Don't worry, Rich. You're not on the stand. I, I do like to grill you over your life. I do enjoy these weekly sessions where I can really – do a deep dive on what's going on because I am quite nosy. Some would, some would say I am quite a nosy person. <laughs> well, you are Nick. You are nicknamed Lois, I guess. Yeah, I am. But Lois likes to get to the bottom of the story. That's it. And if it's, I, I heard you were tired. It's trying to my mind starts creating stories. But I mean, was it was it like a? Yeah, it, we can probably leave this story. But I was wondering, was it was it like a? Because we've got a situation here where sometimes couples nearby start arguing and they're screaming and shouting at each other every now and then and it comes out of nowhere in the dead of the night and it's quite confronting. And you just think some people are in relationships that really they shouldn't be in, you know? Like it's it's not good for either party it, when it gets to that level as far as I'm concerned. Nothing good happens. 
in high volume shouting matches. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's my relationship advice, kids. You know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're having those kind of fights, you should probably. I mean, I, especially if you're having them frequently, I would say maybe it's time yeah. to Hit time to reevaluate. Cut them loose. That would be my advice. Cut them loose. <laughs> stay single. Stay free. Keep the dream alive. <laughs> could could be a problem though. Maybe there's kids involved. We don't know. Maybe there's assets. Maybe they're entangled finances. You know, who knows? It'd be nice. Who to, knows? It would be nice to know. I'd like to get people on the stand and grill them about it. But sadly, I don't think it's going to happen now. Careful, careful. You don't want to turn into a voyeur. No, no, I'm not that interested. Um, okay, now this week I can do a movie review: The Adam Project, which is the Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie. Which has got a lot of tributes uh, or homages to, um, like, sci-fi movies of the past. Like, the start of it is, like, ripped right out of E.T., actually, of all things. Like, it's, like, in the forest with the flashlights, finding an alien spacecraft. Yeah, I was like, it's not like I've seen E.T. recently. But I was like, does this remind you of E.T.? And Michelle's like, yeah. And apparently that's a real thing in the whole movie. It's It's sprinkled with like sort of throwbacks to old sci-fi movies. And, and frankly, I, you know, they're mostly like those eighties kind of like, you know, last starfighter flight of the navigator, or, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, re- remember berries from, from those periods. Uh, it, it's okay. Um, as a movie, that's entertaining enough. I'm glad I would never have paid money to watch it. Like it's very much a streaming movie that you just like, okay, it's on Ron Reynolds. Uh, he always plays the same character, and it's just whether he dials it up or down, you know? And here he dials it slightly down, but it's the same delivery, the same routine. It's just not crazy up there like it is with Deadpool, but it's... I, I mean, it's his acting style, I guess, but I'm surprised sometimes these actors don't, you know, stretch at all, if you know what I mean, Rich? Like, you know... Well, but that's what okay. So the thing is, there's a difference between a movie star and an actor, right? right? So th- th- there's obviously there's a lot of movie stars, you know. Like let, let's be honest, like um, Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington in every movie. Sure, you know Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every movie. You know, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. The Rock is the Rock in every movie. But like actors, like um, sure. Daniel Day Lewis, you know. Uh, Jeffrey Rush and all that, they sort of become the character that they're playing. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you look at Jeffrey Rush, if you look at him in The King's Speech and then look at him in as uh, Barbosa in The Pirates of the Car- I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not, it, you don't see him. Yeah. You see the character. So there's a, so I don't call it acting. What Ryan Reynolds done isn't acting. He's just, as you say, he's playing himself. It's just yeah. whether or not he, he dials it down or up, mm. but it's still the same. Yeah. It's the it's the same thing, just at a different speed. You know what Do I mean? You, order, I agree. Level, but that's a lot of act. That's yeah. a lot of actors these days. Like, would you say? I mean, Ryan Reynolds is a very obvious example because I think his delivery. I mean, I honestly think, if I'm being, I mean, I'm, I know the guy's worth millions, and I actually think he should work on it. I, I I think he he should probably do a role or two where he he does a bit more range, like he did well, at times. Needs- you know. I, I agree with you. He needs to do what like comedians do at some point in their career. They take a dramatic role. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Robert Williams has done it. Jim Carrey's oh, done yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, even 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 Adam Sandler has done yes, it. Yes, he and has. To, Unshrunk to, Love. To great success, you yeah. know. Um, 
and uh, uh, what was the other one? Uncut Diamonds or something? Yeah, Uncut, Uncut Gems, Gems. Uncut Gems. I haven't seen that, um, one, but I want to. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's what Ryan Reynolds needs to do. I think he needs to he needs to do something more serious where he's actually got to like act do something he hasn't done before. Like he's got to tap yeah. into something different. The, the thing is with him, do you think because you know he went through that slump where he had all those misfires in a row before Deadpool? Do you think he's kind of like well? The iron's hot. I'm just going to keep on pumping these rolls out. My, my not f- fear isn't the right word. I'm not afraid. But my concern would be for his brand that it will get stale if it hasn't already. It's because the projects are sort of – he's almost too similar. It's like some of these projects, I think he could approach them differently. I, I think he chooses to deliver well, his lines that way, you know? No. So, I, well, I, I think it's – I think it's a different problem. I think that so the reason he had a, was having those slumps is because they were putting Ryan Reynolds in movies that weren't really written for him. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean that was his problem with Hal Jordan, right? Sure, yeah. He wasn't playing Hal Jordan, he was just playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. As yeah. as Hal Jordan. That was and an so, odd choice I, for Hal Jordan. That was an odd choice. But you know? I know, but after Deadpool because obviously Deadpool was written for him. Yeah. Now people are putting him in movies that are like geared for him yes yeah do you know what i mean and now that's why he's having success because the movies are built around his mm. delivery his character you know what i mean the his zaniness they kind of built you know that's why you look at like the hitman's bodyguard and yeah um, actually i just watched the hitman's bodyguard's wife the other yes. day that was a really terrible movie not a um, good movie i mean we yeah. watched it look it's possible to watch for free but it's certainly we watched it on streaming it's nothing special. It's not as good as the original, which wasn't that good either, you know? Um, yeah, but the original was definitely better than the sequel. It was. Like, it was, the, yeah. This one was like almost like, why did you even make this? It wasn't, it's, um, know, it, it, it wasn't good. But, but they made it because the first movie had success. But it always reminds me of the Salt are, and Pepper. The movies are made for him. Yes. It, yeah, and you know what? It reminds me. I always think when I see a really unnecessary sequel, I think of Salt and Pepper, which was the late 60s surprise hit with Sammy Davis Jr. and Peter Lawford, they came back two years later with Salt and Pepper again, and it was just woeful. Like, the original wasn't that strong, and then they're like, well, let's go again, you know? And it's like, wow, you you did, you did barely had enough for one movie, let alone two. Uh, Hit, Hitman Bodyguard's Wife I just didn't have the material. It just didn't have the script. It almost didn't know what to do with itself, you know? Yeah, and it was such a waste of Antonio Banderas. I love Antonio Banderas. Yeah. I think he's fan- he's fantastic. And he's just Selma so- Hayek too. Selma Hayek was he's- wasted there, you know, as well. I mean, kind of. I think she enjoyed it because she doesn't really get to act like this. Sure. She was good you in know, it. She's one of the best things. She's, you know, she's foul mouths and all that. So yeah. I understand why she enjoyed it, but it, it just wasn't very good. But as I said, like back to it, he said, yeah, the movies are made for him now. Mm. So the roles are written for him, and that's why he's obviously... But yes, they will... I'm already over it. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> like, the thing is, they're a bit... And I'm a fan. I, they're a bit samey. You know, it, they're a bit like... I don't know. It's just there's a lack of surprise. And, and as you say, it's just become a question of how far will he dial it up. And I'm kind of at that point, whereas if he's not dialing it to 10, I'm like, why is he only putting it on two or three? You know? Uh, like he needs to do same. like a serious movie, even if it's an action movie, like say Taken. You know what I mean? Yeah. He needs he needs a role where he actually plays a, a serious, either a serious action character or a dramatic role. He needs mm. he needs something because yeah, he's going to become just a one. He's going to become a, you know the the difference between it is that like while um 
Man, I just said his name. This is our tie name. Did, did, while Denzel Washington mm. plays the same character, it's enjoyable to watch yes. just because it doesn't grate on you. He's also, you know got I mean? more range. Just... He's also got more range than Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, he's, he's... from what I see, has very little range, you know? No, no, no. Well, we don't know if he's got little range because he hasn't actually tested himself. He hasn't actually sure. been anything where we can say, oh, yeah, he definitely can't do it. Like, he could. We don't safe. know. But... I can think of one movie, Safe, where he played a dramatic role. Wasn't a bad movie. Uh, not really. I mean, that was with Denzel Washington again. Like, yeah. um, he's he still plays that almost like it's a fish out of water yeah. type character. You know what I mean? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, everything is overwhelming for him or something. Like, I don't know. It's again in that movie it was him, but just really dialed down. But it yeah. still was there. It was still there. Oh, you're right. You're right. Look, yeah, it's interesting. Look now, look. I having said all that, this movie isn't terrible. It's also not great, and it's sort of. If we judge it by another Netflix project, Red Notice, it's I don't think it's as good as that. It's got some interesting bits. The, but I'll tell you the basic plot because the plot is actually more interesting than the movie. So the the essence of the plot is that at the start of it, it's kind of in the, you know, a few, like, say, 20, 30 years in the future. Ryan Reynolds is on a, um, like, a starfighter kind of escaping somewhere and he escapes back in time and he crash lands... Um, to his own house back in like 2022 20, I assume or whenever whenever it is when he's 12 so 30 years before and uh, he meets his 12 year old self and he has to, I forget exactly what he has to do but he has to do something to, to prevent catastrophe uh, you know like in all this and so it's almost like a back to the future kind of thing um, it is okay uh, who is the actress uh, god the Mother is played by Jennifer Garner, actually. And Mark Ruffalo plays his dad. Because um, they then go back again another couple of years. Like, it's okay. It's got a decent plot. Um, he's not terrible in it. No one's terrible in it, but it's just not fantastic. It's like uh, six out of ten, six and a half, if I'm being generous. Um, it ticked the boxes on, like, a sleepy Tuesday night, if you know what I mean. You know, we, we, we put it on. It's on Netflix. You know, basically, you're not paying any extra for it. Watched it, and you're sort of like, it's okay. It, it, it slightly overstated its welcome. Uh, had some interesting ideas in it. Like, it had some interesting ideas like any time travel story tends to, um, and probably could have been a bit better than it was. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I'll, I will say that. Um, that's damning with faint praise, but perhaps, do you think, Rich? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but you know that it is what it but, is. But uh, but uh, as you're saying, it's basically just a um, uh, Back to the Future. It's or... it's just a, a movie you watch once and then you're like, okay, oh yeah, done. Like there's very it, little it, it's there. Only for the hour and a half, and now I'm moving on. Yeah, and everyone is workmanlike in it. Like Ruffalo's good, Jennifer Garner's good. She doesn't have much to do. Um, uh, Ron Reynolds is okay. Everyone's okay. <laughs> you know, so you sort of like. They tend to churn a lot of that stuff out um, now, the streamers like Netflix and that. Like, you're watching, you're like, would I ever want to go to a cinema to see this? No way in hell. Would I watch it from my couch for free? Yes. You know, they, they've they've managed to find that level where you're just like, it's okay to watch. Like, you're not you're not sitting there going, this is awful, I've got to turn it off. It's in, mm. it's 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 slightly better than mediocre, but not that much better. I guess it's I guess it's almost the definition of average. Now, Elden Ring is still going. I'm level thirty six. Uh, Dion's I think level one thirty or something. 
Um, I've definitely put some time in. I love it, man. I love it. It's it's a challenging game. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I really am enjoying it. And I simply don't know how these guys are getting to level 130 and stuff. I, I find it so challenging. And, and I am slowly going up. Like, level 36 doesn't come easily. You've got to put quite a bit of time in. Um, there was an update where they modified some of the spells. So basically, this impacted Dion. So basically, Elden Ring fans mourned nerfed OP builds that help with tough bosses. So bosses, like some of the stuff you can do. So uh, a patch made Mimic Tear, which creates almost like a clone of someone. So Dion's got this really powerful samurai character, and Mimic Tear creates like a, a like a ghost clone of him to help with the boss fights. Also, Hoarfrost and Sword of Night and Flame were all made weaker, so they actually went in and weakened some of the spells because people were using them to overpower the bosses too easily at higher levels, which was interesting. Um, and I did call Dion and say, has this impacted you? He goes, yeah, they've made it weaker, but it's still pretty strong. Like, my level 130 character cloned is still pretty effective in the fights, but I thought that was interesting, Rich, that they're actually going in and sort of dialing down some of the spell effects in the in the actual game. That's interesting. Uh, these sort of games do that all the time because right. obviously players, um, they they find the loophole or the cheat yes. or the the thing in the game that makes them more powerful than what the... The, the people intended yes um look i mean i'm it, it, it depends for me it's a situational thing sure um i feel like um if it's just if it allows fun then let people do it but i mean yes if it if if it's making it far too easy sure that if everyone does this and then then it's no challenge for everyone then i can understand why you would do it. You know what I mean? There's certain yeah. things that can break a game, but they're just more fun. They don't actually really affect the game. And then there's ones where you're like, no, look, the game's then broken. If everyone does this or gets this OP, then there's no challenge in the game. They'll just be one-shotting bosses and crap. Like, I understand it from that point of view. Well, Dion had mentioned to me that it was a particular... Whatever he was doing, it was a massive assistance. You know? Like, he, he had mentioned that to me as saying, this is really sort of like... um you know, making the game very easy kind of thing, um, which is interesting, you know? Well, and this is the game where you don't want that. Like, No, no, that's, you know, that's, that's the, the whole, whole point. point of this game is that while it's achievable, it's supposed to be uh, challenging. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, believe I, me. I haven't, I'm still level one. I played four hours and I didn't actually wow. realize you level up in the game and I was just running around doing dungeons and killing shit so, without leveling. <laughs> so you've got all these runes, but you haven't leveled up. No, I didn't realize you could level. Like, I didn't know where to level in the game because I was just running just around. Find just find a like, side of, side of grace and, and killing shit. Find a side of grace and then you can level up there. Oh, I was just activating the graces. I never actually like sat right, at one. Right. So just, just sit down at one. I That's was all literally just do. running around. Yeah. Oh no, I think you got to you got to speak to some woman or something, and then she when you sit down when you sit down when you sit down at the side of grace, she comes up to you. Yeah, so I never sat down at a site. I literally just kept running around going, let's kill shit. Wow. <laughs> and I was running around. Wow. But so have you got enough runes now to do it? Or not? Oh, I probably could, yeah, yeah. But I've been, but I've been playing Borderlands now. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go back. I'll go, I'll go back when I'm finished. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how is Borderlands while we're doing the reviews? What, how is Borderlands? Uh, Gameplay-wise, it is absolutely fantastic. Well, that's uh, good. The 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 gunplay is great. The guns are, are hilarious. Um, I'm having a lot of fun playing it. The writing, unfortunately, 
is probably 70% cringe. What do you mean by the writing? Do you mean like the... Um... The dialogue, the characters. Oh, really? Um, like it's... it's uh, wow. a, a lot of it can be very grating. I can understand why some people say play it without sound, but um, oh. I, I just I just zone... If I find it annoying, though, I just zone out. If a character's talking that I really can't stand, I just zone That's out. That's weird, isn't it? That um, they, they could do that and because like, that is a big... like. You don't want the. I, I understand what you're saying. You can play huge chunks of the game, and that doesn't matter. But you sh- those interactions shouldn't be fucking annoying, you know? Yeah. Look, I mean, the, well, look again. The problem is, it's not the same writers, right? So right. The, the the people who worked on it that that made Borderlands Two such a great game, mm. I don't think many of them are actually working on this game. Now, I will say this: I think there might be some writers still there because I feel like they they nail um, Tiny Tina. Um, right. But again, uh, that's done by Ashley Birch, and her brother was one of the writers on the second game. So I think she probably understands the character and probably helped her there. Right. And Claptrap is still pretty good. Uh, I'm finding him to be again the, the funniest, most entertaining character. I, I, I'm doing a side mission where I'm help I'm helping build a buddy for him. Right. And the shit that he says is just fucking hilarious. Just the stuff that comes out of his mouth. I, it's the most entertaining thing in the game. Oh, that's good. So that, that, again, that so there are stuff that keep you going. You know what I yeah, mean? There's yeah. stuff where you're like, that shit's funny. That made me laugh. Uh, but it's just some of the newer characters that they've created for the game and stuff that you just go, oh, my God, why are they so annoying? Why won't you shut up? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that sucks. Yeah, like, I but, hate oh, that. But, you know? but, but the gameplay is just beautiful, man. Is Seriously, it? I'm having so much fun killing shit. Is this a, um uh open world game? Borderlands? No, um, it's got levels, but the levels are fairly big. Right. Like, there's some areas that are quite large, and, and you've actually got to go hunting for, like, um, side stuff. Right. Uh, like, you know, kind of like towers and, again, uh, dead claptrap units and, and and lore stuff and all that. So it is big, and there are some side quests and all that. It's it's not as big as Borderlands 2, but uh-huh. uh, there's, more, there's more variety of um, zones now. Okay, and you actually go yeah, to different planets. Yeah, okay. Cool. So it's a little it's a little bit bigger in that way, but um oh uh the, I've got a I've got a six shooter that fires fourteen bullets. Really? Wow. <laughs> it's like a Western gun. It's a six shooter, but it actually fires fourteen bullets. That's cool. There's a gun that there's a gun that you can get, right? Where you can throw it on the ground, it'll uh-huh. sprout legs, start running around <laughs> and shooting people, and when it runs out of ammo, it will kamikaze the closest um enemy and explode. That's cool. That's cool. There's a lot of fun. Ga- There's a lot of fun, like just um, gameplay. You're a big Borderlands fan, aren't you? I remember you were massive on oh, Borderlands yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's good stuff, yeah. man. Like, yeah. I lo- I love the Borderlands world. In fact, I think they they're still working on a TV show for that. I think. All right. That's been years and years and. How years does it stack up against their heavy hitters like of gameplay, like uh, you know, uh, like a Gears of War, Assassin's Creed, Skyrim? Like, is it? That good a game, like a triple A game, or or not? What Borderlands in general? Or? Yeah, the Borderlands franchise. Like, are they? You know, um, it's it's tricky because Borderlands One is a little bit more generic. Uh huh. Um, you know, they they were kind of just making a generic shooter with just lots of loot and all that. Like Borderlands is is basically what created the looter shooter, as right. It's been come like to know Destiny today. and like, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but even Destiny is not as much of a like Borderlands is the looter shooter. Like there right. is just loot everywhere. Do you know okay. what I mean? There's yeah. loot dropping all the time. 
So th- they did that, but Borderlands Two, that is where it became a, like a cultural phenomenon. Mm. Like that that game was just so good, so successful, and so well written. Great characters that, uh, and very big. Like I mean, it's a uh, it's got raid bosses. You can play it with with you know what I mean. You yes. you level in your character to go take on like vault bosses, raid bosses, what you want to call it, and uh, different classes. It's a it's a lot of fun. I I I I, I love Borderlands, and that's I I do like this game. It's just that a lot of the times the writing is not as good yeah, yeah, yeah. as the previous one. Well, is it? give me an idea. Is it a game, that, you know, when they say you can finish, because they're always like you can finish a game in 20 hours. I'm always like 20 hours is nothing. I play hundreds of hours. Like, is it a game that you can speed run or if you put 50 to 100 hours oh, in, you know, what? To, to be story? fair, I think almost every game can be sped run. Um you know, there's someone who apparently finished uh, Elden Ring in like an hour. So really? every every game can be sped run. So, wow. but if you play this game and you like, if you play the Borderlands, you do all the you do all the quests and the main story, and then you play like the DLCs. It would take it, it hours and hours. Like. Mm. That's cool. 50 plus hours. 50 plus hours easy. Awesome. Well, keep us uh, updated on it. Now, you've got some news on a personal note, Rich. What What are you the proud owner of now, my friend? Uh, today I uh, picked up my Xbox Series X. Wow! So this is good, big news because I know you're a big Xbox guy. In fairness, I always have been. Give us the rundown, Rich, because I've also got a PS5. But give uh, us the rundown on the Xbox Series S. What's what, what's going on? Well, I, I haven't had a chance because I'm doing oh. the podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh, you haven't you haven't put it together yet? No, I've I've no I've set it up. It's, okay. you know, I'm copying all my games and stuff, but I haven't really had a chance to play because obviously I had to work today. Yeah, all oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've only had like an hour between oh, finishing work and should doing have the maybe show, called so. in sick. I got COVID. Can't I w- hey, I was thinking about it, Dave. Don't you worry. I'm like <laughs> the whole it. day. I'm like, oh, oh so, maybe you know, I should like fuck oh, it. Like just be like, oh, I got sniffles. Can't come in. Safer for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like eat shit. Um, <laughs> No, but I would have I would have called in sick for the podcast too. No, Rich, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> that's what no. that's what I'm saying. If I called in sick oh, for work, I would have been like, Dave, no, no, <laughs> I'm no, not feeling it today." No, buddy. no, that wouldn't have flown, Rich. You think, work, work, Michael, let you get away with it. But I'm a wake up to these kind of antics from you. No way. Well, yeah. but this is but big news. You, know what, so you can give us next next show. Give us a full review of the Xbox but, Series. Do you know what's funny? The whole reason I got the Series X was yeah. because of Borderlands. I believe it, yeah. I believe it, man. So, no, 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 no. I mean the fact that I was, I managed to get a pre-order. Mm. So after I started playing Borderlands, right, on the weekend, yeah. on Saturday, I was at work and I thought to myself, you know what, uh, I, I think that Tiny Tina's expansion is coming for the Borderlands. It's, right. I remember seeing coming soon. I wonder when it's coming out. So I, want, I went onto the EB Games website yeah. to see when it was coming out. And right there at the top of the banner was new Xbox Series X or pre-order now coming in stock end of March. And I was like, oh, my God, X? X? And I was like, Brr! and I did my pre-order. And the next day, all the pre-orders were gone. Wow. No more pre-orders. So wow. I, I love Borderlands even more now because it <laughs> helped me get an Xbox X. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's enormous. And, and, like, if you don't mind me asking, what, is that, what did that kind of set you back? Like, what's, the, what's that retailing for in, in shops? In, in Australia, $750. Whew, yeah, okay. So it's not cheap. I mean... 
it's it's right around what a PS5 costs, isn't it? Like it's it's. There's I not think the PS5 difference. is like nine hundred bucks or something. Oh, okay, in Australia it's a bit, or a bit more expensive. Okay, um, yeah, but like, yeah, give us next next show. Give us a full review. I know I do know a friend who's got one. He tends to buy all the consoles. I know he's got one which he loves. Um, and you know he bought it when Cyberpunk came out. But you no, know, so you'll be playing your Elden Ring on that, your Borderlands on that, and yeah, give us an idea of what the upgrades like from the old Xbox One. Yeah, no, I will. I, I'm going to wait to see the loading times because I did pop in. Uh, I was moving the Borderlands across. Yeah. Um, from the and then it said, "Hey, there's a more optimized version of this. Do you want to download it?" So now yeah. it's doing like a, a download for that. So it should play. I'll, I'll, I'll know because I've been playing it. Um, I want to just see the loading times. Apparently, the loading times are supposed to be like so quick on these Xbox Xs. So that's yeah, no, I'm it sounds say. incredibly good, man. I, I'll tell you this: like, I didn't have a PS4, but getting my PS5 and, and playing the games on it and stuff, you, you do feel like you know everything's a bit sort of better. If you know what I mean, like, um, mm. there's a slickness to it all. Um, and by the way, I mean, uh, you know me, I've loved Xboxes for a long time, and um, I uh, actually owned like two Xbox Ones before that had multiple Xbox 360s. Like, so I, I'd definitely be interested in hearing what your review is like when you when you really dig into say an Elden Ring and the Borderlands and all that and 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 all that stuff. Now you would have surely got one that includes discs, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have just got digital only. No, no, this is not the Series S. This is the X. This is the main one. Okay, yeah. So it's it, what I'm the saying. Series is you can S, put, yeah. The Series S is the is the digital one, which you right. can get for like five hundred bucks. Yeah, but I, I far prefer the one where you can put in the discs. You know, because um, I'm. Oh still... no, you have to because one uh, digital is way more expensive exactly. than disc. I mean, exactly. I literally bought I bought Borderlands three for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird to me that, but even if it's brand new, it still it still blows my mind that I can go into a shop mm. and buy a copy for like seventy nine dollars, eighty nine dollars, yeah, and then I go onto Xbox uh, store. Uh, store and it's ninety and it's ninety nine dollars. I, I, I go, how? Why? Bullshit. You're not giving me a physical thing. How can I get it yeah. cheaper in a it, shop with a disc? It's bullshit. It's the bullshit fake economy, and and they're both guilty of it. PlayStation and Xbox, and and that's one of the biggest yeah. reasons why. And, and you know what? I still look like me. I, I've still got like a large Blu-ray collection, and it's even some DVDs, which I don't mind sliding into the into the machines every now and then. You know, to watch something like mm. like I know I've well, got a I, lot of stuff backed up, but I've got some stuff on DVD that I watch, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll fuck it. I'll put it, I'll put it on the on the PlayStation. Put it this way. I, I think the I think the S is a good buy if you're just going to do Games Pass. Sure. You know what I mean? If you're like, oh, I'm getting it for my kid, he's going to get the subscription. Sure. You know, it's going to cost me 15 bucks a month and you play all these games. I think the S is a good buy then. But, yeah. yes, if you're the sort of person where you want to get all the games, not just, you know, the Xbox exclusive games or the Game Pass games, if you want to get the stuff that's not... Uh, the, you got to get the disc version because sure. you're going to have to buy discs of something. What's the situ- Before we get off this topic, what's the situation with, like, your nephew and all that? Do they get all the all the latest games, all the latest consoles, or, or what is the story? Because I know, I know with young kids, a lot of them putting their hands up for these new, new next generation of consoles. Not really. A lot of the kids yeah. now are like playing on PC, man. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did give. So when I upgraded my, because I bought one of the original Xbox ones, uh-huh. and then I bought the, and then I upgraded to the Xbox One X, uh-huh. and I did give him the Xbox One. He does play it occasionally, but most of the time he's fucking playing like Roblox on on PC, like yeah. you know, or, or a lot of them are playing Fortnite on their tablets or their PCs. So. Yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, some kids are into the console still, but others are 
just into like the the PC tablet gaming. I know my colleague at work. He um, a good man, Peter, and I know his uh, stepsons and all that. They're all over their consoles, and every now and then the discipline they have to get taken out of their rooms. The consoles, the old disciplinarian has to come down because these kids are like, "Fuck school!" I'm just, you know, I'm just playing whatever the fuck I'm playing. Because believe you me, um, you know, I don't mean to sound like just an old man, but I, I remember just having a Commodore 64 in like grade nine, ten, and being so grateful for having that. And I don't know what how I would have coped if I had like the large screen TVs of today and Xbox Ones going and all these games going. I could easily see myself getting lost in it you know the temptation of it all like it's oh yeah message. i mean i think i think we're lucky because you know a lot of people go oh you know kids today and blah 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 and it's like yeah but you didn't have that like sure you know when when you were a kid there wasn't a con you know like there wasn't like this big console thing there weren't big tvs you know what oh, i mean like yeah. tvs were small you know you played little yeah. fucking pixel you played pixel games you know mm. if you had like one of the early like atari stuff or even like when tender came oh, yeah. out you know it's very like a uh, four bit eight bit sort of games you show a kid something like do you know doom or yeah or, or halo on a fucking big screen tv of course they're going to be enamored with it you know what yeah, i mean like i, I just think it's it. yeah yeah you know so i mean while i do think you need to limit it i do understand that you know i i would also would probably be like nah fuck it i don't want to go play sport no yeah, i don't want to go to school yeah, that's i just want to fucking look that's where parenting has to come in you know that's oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm not taking it all of them i'm just saying i understand why kids want oh, the to, temptation like, of course you know. hell yeah man now um i have a show that i'm going to recommend it's on amazon it's animated it's called vox uh machina or machina i'm not sure actually what the pronunciation uh, is vox uh, i will tell you the pronunciation i think it's vox, it's machina. vox, vox machina okay anyway well, it's, no, Machina could be, yeah, Machina. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, it's... Um, now, Rich, I don't know if you're familiar with these guys called Critical Role. Uh, I've never listened to it, but I believe that it's like a D&D podcast where they voice all the characters and stuff. Something like that, anyway. Anyway, this is... I don't know if it's that campaign, like, animated, but it's those voice actors and that studio. They're all professional voice actors, I believe. Uh, anyway, and so the animation is excellent. In fact, I will say this: it really, I, I, I put it on, and, and at first I was like, "Oh, they're going for the comedy," which you know I have a problem with in Dungeons and Dragons stuff. It's not technically Dungeons and Dragons, though, although it is in everything but name. But it is really. I've started watching it. It's actually really good. It's quite adult. It's reasonably dark. It does have humor. Um. Yeah, and it's got excellent animation, and I'm starting to become quite enamoured with it. I haven't finished it. I've only watched three episodes, but I would say to you it's worth checking out to see if you like it. And listeners, I've often said I'd like to see an animated like Dungeons & Dragons show. Um, this is probably pretty much fitting the bill. It's probably going a bit more into the comedy than I would want, but it's actually pretty good. And, and Dion says it only gets better uh, as it goes on, so... I'm giving it a pretty cautious recommend at three episodes in. I, I actually think it's a pretty decent show. Have you heard of it, Rich? Yeah, yeah, I know of uh, I know of Critical Role and all those idiots. Idiots are they? I, 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 I mean, I know that they exist. I've never listened to it in my life, um, but I, I can say the show is quite good and the animation's good. Um, it's kind of like you know, Invincible animation. It's kind of around that level. Um, it's mm. also by Amazon Studios, so there's some money behind it. 
Um, why are they idiots, Rich? Like, I, I, I know that they're loved by like their fans. Not, like, not, you know? not all of them. Just some of them. Like, I know Laura Bailey. God, I can't stand that woman. Right. Um, okay. I don't really know them at all. I know well, one I know guy. Them because they've, I, I know them because they're voice actors. So right. I know, I, I know all the stuff they've been in and all that stuff. There's so. one guy who just gets promoted incessantly called Matthew Mercer. Yeah, um, he's the he's he's the creator of it. He's the he's right. the he's the dun he's the, the dungeon master basically. So, right. um, but he he he's the one who who I think it's his brainchild. This is his okay. right thing. I, I know they're all partners now, but I believe he's the um, he's cashing in. He's the he's the brains behind it. Right. Well, look, I, I know nothing about like what they actually do. Other than I know they do it, um, but the show is good. Like I will say that if if you're after Dungeon Dragons fantasy animated show, uh, this is actually pretty good. Like frankly, and yes, they go a bit more into the comedy than I would like because it's like everyone's talking with today's language. You know what I mean? It's it's it, everyone's talking like like we're talking now. Like they're swearing, their slang is all ours. Like there's no attempt. To try to sort of like put it back in period time, um, do you know what I mean by that, Rich? Like the dialogue is contemporary, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the monsters of that are all pretty good. Like they had a blue dragon. Uh, there were a couple of scenes where it looked really bad, but the majority of the stuff looks really good. So there are a couple of scenes where you're like, they mustn't have the money to make that look good. But there, but overall, the 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 whole package is pretty good. Like. Like like Invincible, I I thought Invincible's animation was good. This is probably a bit better, um, and it's the kind of style you would like, Rich. Like it's not CGI style, if you know what I mean. Like it's a sort of more classic style, if you know. No, no, I'm no. Trying. I I have I have seen trailers for it and all that. I've okay. seen, I, 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 you know. Because, are you gonna check this out? Are you checking? This they out? are in my feed and all that. No, I don't. I <laughs> I, I, I have no interest in in Why? in this, in this shit. Why? What, what, what have they done to offend you so much? Like, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, but like, it's pretty good stuff. I, I is it just the Dungeons and Dragons angle you're not feeling? Um, I don't know. I just feel like these are like the um, they see themselves as like the elitist voice actors. You know, they oh. the they the top of the tops. They've you know, the, I mean, they've vo- between them, they've probably voiced almost every character under the fucking sun. But right, I don't know. They just seem. I I just feel like they've just got this very like. Lofty with the best attitude kind of thing and all that and i'm a big fan of discovering new voice actors anyway i'm not really okay. interested in old hats people who are probably like oh let's you know i'm uh oh there's voice acting why work for someone else let's just do our own thing hey great you want to do that go off and do it i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna keep discovering new voice actors right okay uh well anyway i mean i, I don't know who and also, as i said I, I laura bailey annoys me I just okay. can't fair enough her, so. well you know what? I I don't even know who they 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 do have some talent though because you know on Amazon when you pause, it gives you the the IMDb people who are on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. So I paused at the start of this one episode and they had um, David Tennant playing a guest role of a character like the the I won't spoil it, but the, a main character in that episode, and they also had what's that girl's name? Um, oh, she's really popular. She was in Buffy. She was in Supernatural. Um, oh, um, I know the one you're talking you about, know, Willow. No, not Willow, but no? it's um, it's. She's really popular for the life of me. She's massively oh, popular. Brunette, uh, Elijah Duku, or something like that. Not Elijah Duku. No, we're we're gonna mm-hmm. spend forever. I like. I'll remember her name. I like her. She was in Supernatural. 
um, playing a little bit of a role. Um, she had that thing oh, called the you... Guild. Um, there was oh, like okay, a, no. there was like a. I, I'll find it, man. I'll find it. It's mm. you, you'll know it when I. She she's an actor, but she also well, I mean, she, she's a live action actor, but she's also done quite a bit of like voice acting and stuff. She's a big um, what do you say, like nerd icon, you know, like geek icon or whatever you call them, like. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm typing it now. The guild. I, I want to say her name's like Faith or something, but I'm sure I'm getting it confused with the character Faith in Buffy. I'm not even sure who she played in Buffy, but she was in Buffy. Uh, Felicia Day. Oh, there you go. Felicia Day. That's all. That's all. Oh, right. Felicia Day. She in Buffy. But Felicia Day was in Buffy. Yeah, Br- briefly. Oh, okay. like she, she had a. Oh, okay. She had a, a role of some sort. In. Do you like her? I really like her. I've always liked Felicia Day. Like. Not, no, not really. Oh, really? Why? Well, what have you got against Felicia Day? She's lovely. I, I don't think she's very talented. I'm sorry. Oh, well, <laughs> I beg to differ. And, and... Uh, uh, anything I've seen her in, especially like, cause she does, she's done a lot of like YouTube shit like Dragon Age and right. the Guild. I, I don't know. I just think her acting's terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't but, know. not terrible. Sorry. Her acting's mediocre. I won't be that harsh. Her acting is mediocre. Let's find out who she plays in Buffy because I actually don't know. She, I know she was in it. I, I, she wasn't a big role in Buffy. Um, God, she's done a lot of stuff, like a lot of shit I've never heard of. I can say that for her. Like Buffy. I, I honestly thought that she, she played made v. it big because of her web series. She's a web series creator. I thought that's where she became famous. From. Well, she was, uh, um, I believe, look, I, I haven't read a book, but I, I know of her because I've sort of followed her a little bit online over the years. She was like a... Uh, she had a minor role in Buffy. She was in eight episodes, played a character called V, um, and I think had a little bit of a story arc. But but I think she was very much uh, the, the supporting actor, you know what I mean? And then she got massively... Uh, she was in that Dr. Horrible sing-along thing, and she, oh, yeah. she... From what I know of her, she got massively addicted to World of Warcraft... And maybe she was going through a breakup or something, but regardless, the story is that she she was like a shut in. She was just playing it all the time. Her friends had to kind of detox her out of it, and she created the guild. Was kind of her, which I really enjoyed. Um, they did a comic as well, which was cool. It was all about it kind of thing, and um, she then became kind of like a geek darling, I guess you could say, kind of parlaying that you know like sort of side of things. Um, I haven't like closely followed her career, but I mean she's in a lot of shit. Like, but a lot of stuff I've never heard of. Yeah, look, but but here's the thing. Look, I I got nothing against them in terms of hey, go do this thing. You're having success, whatever. I'm sure. not wishing them any ill, whatever. Uh, go do your thing. You're having fun. You're making money. Good yeah, on you. Yeah. Cap- capitalism, yay! But I just don't care. About them. No, sorry, you're not feeling it, man. And you know what? There are some. You know what? I think they've had some really good like. Celeb, you know, uh, not celebrities, but like guest stuff and all that. They even had they. Have, I know they've had Ashley Birch on. She's from Borderlands. I know they've had Ashley Johnson. I quite like Ashley Johnson. Mm. Um, okay. You know, I mean, they've even got the the voice of Cyborg. His name Peyton. I, uh, I don't know any of their names, man. You're the guy who knows all their names, but um, yeah. So you you know, it it, it just. And, I, yeah, but I then they also, be, but then they also have people like Will Wheaton on, who's just like a complete <sighs> fucking asshole. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but he gets on. But like, dude. There's a guy who's got a career out of just sort of siphoning off, you know, the, the being because he was in the geek sphere. I don't mind Will Wheaton, but uh, I, I sort of can't believe the pity party for Will Wheaton, though. Like that we're we're holding a pity party for a guy who's still cashing in, you know? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised he can cash in. 
Oh, dude, he does anything he can. He's like, you you want to do a Picard? Like, I, I'll tell you one thing, and this isn't all Whedon's fault, but one thing I really hate is after Walking Dead, there's a thing called Talking Dead. I may have mentioned this on the show before. It pisses me off. And they, they, they're like, they intro it in the end credits, and like, oh, yeah, the reason we want to call this one the zombie that walks is that there was a zombie who walked. Like, it's like the most painfully obvious observations of all time. And, and you're just in a rush to shut it down. You know what I mean? You rush to quickly get off this fucking streaming thing so you don't have to listen to these morons talk. I know he's doing a Picard one. So his whole career, I mean, he's on easy street. Whatever he's earning, let's say the guy's earning, like, conservatively, let's say he's pulling down a million dollars a year. You know, it's all based on nothing. It's just based on commentary of shit that, you know, that's kind of geek-related because he was fucking Wesley Crusher back in the fucking 80s and 90s, like, as far as I'm concerned, like... That's how far back we're going for Will Whedon, like, of a role of any note was, like, 1991 or something, you know? And somehow he segued that into this sort of secondary career, and he plays a pity part of himself like you wouldn't believe. Like, oh, no one understood me. Everyone hated Wesley Crusher. Oh, life's so tough. Oh, like, is it really that tough, Will? You know, it seems like you're cashing in. Yeah, but again, um, I, I understand that some people blur the lines, but also at the same time, they hated Will. Uh, they hated Wesley Crusher, mm. not Will Wheaton. Yeah, well, I, mean, I didn't. I, uh... Unfortunately, you are the face of that character. Tough luck. Yeah. But they they didn't hate you because you played uh, Wesley Crusher. They hated Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton was in some decent movies back in the day, like Stand by Me. Oh, uh, look, I'm, well, I was gonna say that that's what put him on the map. I think, yeah, was um, was Stand by Me. But he's never really. I, I think he's again. He's one of those child actors that never quite lived up to what everyone saw as like, mm. you know, like like again after Stand by Me. I think everyone was like, oh, he's gonna be like, you know, mm. Mm. he's gonna go on and have a great career, and then he just went right downhill. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I'm using his him as an example. To me, that's a guy who's living on. I, I, I know he's got like anxiety or something, which I understand is difficult. But it, I, I see a guy who's who's cashed in now. He's 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 successfully played the pity party card, and now the studio's yeah, thrown, he, thrown these gigs, and it's just easy money. You know? Yeah. Well, he's he's living off the uh, he's living off the pop culture. Like, yeah, but what a he's, fucking he's, dream. he's embedded himself into the pop culture, and That's what it. helped him, I think, what I think really helped him with that transition was the Big Bang Theory. Right? Is he in that? Is he? Yeah, I think he had a role as himself on oh, that, and I oh. think because before the Big Bang Theory, I think he was just doing a lot of voice work. Right. You know, he had basically like, oh, no one's put him in anything, and I'm going to go do voice acting and all that sort of stuff and all that. Sure. Right. And that's fine. That's, a, that's again, it's a good profession. That's probably where he knows a lot of these people from. But it was only his name was only really a thing again after Big Bang Theory. Oh well, I mean, good luck to him that he's managed to have this transition. It's it's, it's weird how some yeah. people can do this though. Like, what's so special about Will Wheaton? Why is he the internet darling? I, I'll never understand it. Like, it's a mystery to me. I mean, he's oh. never never done anything that fascinating <laughs> as far as I've seen. Because he portrays himself as as the big geeky nerdy guy, he's like, I'm just like you. <laughs> oh fuck, really? <laughs> yeah, right. Sure, Will has a mansion. You know what I mean? Has the fucking mansion looking? Has the view looking from Beverly Hills? You know, I, I, he's not like us. 
He's worth fucking millions. You know what yeah, I'm but saying? Every, every rich celebrity thinks they still like us. Sure. I'm just like you. I know what it's like. And it's like, no, you, you, you don't know what it's like for like the last 20 years. Sorry. I actually really hate it when um, – <laughs> this is going to sound bitter. But I hate it. When, look, I get a director when they come on like, oh, I've always been a Transformers fan. Oh, I've always been a Marvel fan. You know you know how they always do that? Like, oh, yeah, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it was, you know. It's, it's usually so hollow. But when you get these, like, I call them has-beens, which is what Bill Whedon is, and then they're like, they kind of take it up like about 70 levels above normal. Like, I'm just all about D&D 24-7. Like, I live and breathe nerd culture. And it's like, yeah... Also, Will, you're fucking earning off it and siphoning off it. You're not, it's not like a fucking hobby. It's your job, you know? Like, have you forgotten that, that the checks are clearing every month? Because I haven't. Um, you know, do you know what I mean, Rich? Like, they're, they're trying to make out like they're almost doing it for charity. But it's like, oh, I'm afraid not. Like, it's a fucking job. It's a gig. Like, mm. I don't mean to go too hard on Will fucking weeding because believe you me, that guy... He plays the violin for himself on a daily basis, but I'm using him as an example. There's plenty of others like him. He just happens to be the one we're talking about, and I it's an epic fucking eye roll from me, frankly. You know? Yeah. He's never been, never done anything unscripted that funny or that fascinating that I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> I've not, I can't think of one bit he's ever done of his own material that's ever made me even chuckle, you know? <laughs> not even, not even chortle. Nothing. I fucking nothing. Like, which is, which is so fucking hilarious, man. Like, if you said to me, "Oh, Dave, I'm just one thousand percent D and D and and watching fucking D and D on the internet and playing D and D," and I'm like, "Okay, what are you doing for a job, Rich?" Oh no, just that. I'm like, no, wrong. <laughs> these, these are fucking hobbies, my friend. <laughs> like my, my my favorite my my favorite nerd is um is uh oh fuck what's his name uh Henry Cavill. <laughs> well, I mean, at least with Henry Cavill, he's an actor who has a career, you know, and yeah, he but, likes no, no, World but, Warcraft, you know. But not just that is that he never gives off this impression that he's better than you. I don't and know. He genuinely comes across as just a fan. You know, know, and he and he you know he will correct like interviewers and all that sort of shit when they get it wrong. He'll be like, "Oh, actually," <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that typical like nerd, like, "Well, actually, that's not yeah. right." But I mean, but I don't know. He just doesn't like. He may, but I'm just saying he doesn't portray himself as like some king of the nerds. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's he, what like, I, he hate. Just, like, he, I hate. Like he seems a bit more down to earth in his in his nerdiness. Yeah, I just hate it when they want to take on the spokesman role. It's the same as that fucking guy. I forget what his name is who plays Tyrion Lannister. And when they were like, since when is Peter Dinklage king of the little people or king of the whatever they were calling themselves? Like, you know, he he takes on the role, and it's like it's 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 more egregious in when it's like just regular sort of usually faded celebrities like making out like they're the biggest fucking fans of D&D ever and it's just like oh, I'm so sick of hearing about it you know what I mean like keep it to yourself like you're trying to make fucking cash out of it that's the part that annoys me like you are you, you, you're not content with your movie dollars you're now trying to then kind of like oh yeah I'm just like you I'm just another nerd like you yeah <laughs> it's like yeah could you take me a photo of your fucking house in your bedroom and then I'll compare it to mine you know <laughs> mm. Anyway, 
I, I know, I know, I'm ranting and I'm, I'm slightly off topic, but I also feel You're like ranting I'm, and raving. Dave. I also feel like I'm massively on topic, and I hope this one gets through to Will Wheaton. You know what I mean? Like, and and I'm sure he'll get out his little violin and play a little sad song for himself. You know. <laughs> uh, now, Michael Kellersham, uh, legend, has done a really pretty cool uh, email here, which I thought I'd read out. Um, bragging time. This is from Michael. Johnny Cash's I've Been Everywhere song, you know the song, Rich? I've Been Everywhere, man, it's a good song, um, is featured in the United States Postal Service commercial. Do you, and he's a postman. Do you have Johnny Cash advertising your place of employment? Nope. Smug satisfaction. Then he says to me, don't you work as a mob revenue collector or something? Country Acting country manager, uh, you know, operations manager. Uh, you're a... You're a uh, you're a uh, you're the, the you're the bookies collection guy. Yeah, uh, and he's like, maybe you can license a couple of uh, Johnny Cash songs, "Wanted Man" or something violent. Yeah, uh, "False Prison Blues," "Wanted Man." Yeah, why not? Um, anyway, he says this website released figures saying man- manga sales went up in 2021 160 percent, almost 200. Oh, sorry, almost 25 million units in the US, up from 15 million in 2020, and that's just the USA. Uh, Dynamite is releasing a Samurai Sonya, Red Sonya comic. Sounds interesting. Don't see many period piece Samurai comics. Could do it on the show. We will do it on the show, Michael. I think that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing from Michael. And, um, you know, obviously one of the... Um, oh, yeah, and I, I replied back to him. I won't bore you with my full reply. But I said to him, I when I think of my job, I think of the Steppenwolf song, The Pusher. I've seen a lot of people with tombstones in their eyes. Smoked a lot of grass, popped a lot of pills. That's a great fucking song, The Pusher. The Pusher Man. That's my song, Rich. That's my theme song, The Pusher Man. What's your theme song, Rich? I've got The Pusher. He's got... What's my theme song? He's got I've Been Everywhere. Have you got a theme song? Come on, 9 to 5? Working 9 to 5. <laughs> I have a Jesus, oh, well, no, I've never even thought of having a theme song. Well, there you go, Rich. That's the difference between you, me, and Michael. Uh, you know what? Probably... Um, Wham, wake me up before I go, go. <laughs> uh, no, it would be um, probably uh, uh, Staying Alive by the Beatles. Oh, great song, Rich. Good, good pick, man. Staying Alive, Staying Alive. Love that song, Rich. Love the Bee Gees. And as an, as an offside, can I say, out of all the people I've seen live in concert, Barry Gibb, solo, because uh, oh, sadly his brothers have passed away, may have been the best concert I've ever seen. And I'm not, like, the biggest Bee Gees fan. I like them a lot, but I'm just so I saw it with Michelle and my friend Brad and, and his girlfriend at the time. Incredibly good concert. Incredibly good. His voice... He's hitting those notes, Rich. Like, and the guy's like pushing like eighty. You know, um, mm. it was incredibly good. And what made it even better, I think, is I'm I'm not I don't know all their songs. You know, I know their greatest hits. That's it. Um, and I've been to a lot of good concerts. Bob Dylan, Chris Isaac's up there too. Chris Isaac probably uh, is incredible live, incredible. But Barry Gibb surprised me with just how good it was. I I really appreciated Barry Gibb after that concert. I was like, he is a treasure. You know, have you ever seen him, Rich? No, not not live. No, uh, he played that. He played "Staying Alive." Believe you me, he played that. He played all the hits, man. He went straight through all the hits. And one is the loneliest number. You know that song? 
and um, mm-hmm. oh, I played all the hits, man. It was it's a crazy fucking concert. I I really, 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 really appreciated just how good he was, and I couldn't believe the notes he was still hitting. You know, you know, in his later years. Uh, now we have some news. Um, Ivo, thanks to Ivo Santos at Punisher HQ, one of the legends in the Punisher fan community. He's based in Portugal, Rich. Now he's uncovered um, in June 2022. Punisher War Journal Blitz One uh, is coming out. Um, uh, who Toran Gronbeck? And Mahud Azar and Lan Medina. The trick, this is the tagline, the trick is to invent a war worth fighting. Finn, oh, it's good to see Finn getting a run, the name. Finn Fratz knows that if you want people to hate each other, a, ba- a banner cannon in the right pair of hands goes a long way. The aging war profiteer earned his spot on the Punisher's kill list well before he adopted the moniker Hatemonger but he has proven an elusive man. Now with the hand at his disposal, Frank Castle is ready to smoke him out. But not only has Hatemonger gone to ground, he's fighting back. Good for him. It's not going to change anything but the death toll. Uh, Turan Gronbeck and Lamadina join forces to bring you the first of three thrilling tales from between the pages of Punisher, exploring Frank's new modus operandi through some of his deadliest missions yet. 40 pages. It's a one-shot. So, yeah, okay, I thought it was actually going to be a, um ongoing. But it shows you that they're getting back into Punisher mode, man. And we, we, we did the first episode of the Punisher, or first issue of the Jason Aaron Punisher last week. And it's good to see that they're, they're kind of back in Frank Castle again, man. It's good to hear. Yeah, well, sometimes you just got to wait for the... Um... The heat to die down, huh? You know what I think? <laughs> Place a call to Chuck Dixon and Mike Barron. And say, okay, boys, go go month on month off for you two. Okay, okay, boys. Why not? Chuck's got Chuck. I know. I know Chuck's got Punisher tales to tell. The drop of a hat, you know. Why not? I, I kind of feel like I, I I would love Chuck to make his own Punisher. He does have one. Levon Cade. He's Levon Cade character. He's got like I think the twelfth novel he's just finished. It's awesome. I mean, uh, I'm not. I'm not talking about novels. I'm talking about uh, a comic book character. Comic books, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, he does have uh, all hero Q. Um, he's kind of got uh, aspects of that. But yeah, no. Seriously, that's, that's a bit more James Bondy spy stuff, though. It I'm is. talking about like a, a full on vigilante, gun toting. Well, okay. okay. You know. But I'm telling you, man. Like seriously, do yourself a favor, kids. Go and check out his Levon Cade novels. If you're after that Punisher fix from the master of the craft, Chuck Dixon, his Levon Cade novels are fantastic. And I know he just announced that he's just uh, finished the twelfth one, so it'll be published. It's you know he's got a whole raft of them to be published. Uh, they are very good, Rich. They are very very good. Um, and yeah, just a free advertisement there for for Chucky D. Uh, we we really does a show go by where we don't promote him, but. I, but seriously, I'm being serious. Like, check him out, and and Chuck will be coming on the show later this year. We're already teeing up a time, and uh, so that's going to be get the drum roll going. And next this week, or is it? I guess it's next week. We're going to have Jerry Conway on the show, Rich. Remember? Yes. Yes. So we've got our questions ready, man. Am I allowed to say to Jerry Conway, Jerry? Do you ever wake up at night just dreaming about the Punisher and Nam? <laughs> You may certainly ask him. <laughs> I'll say just, I'll, I'll say Jerry, fantastic career, a lot of hits. What about Nam and the Punisher? 
you ever want to go back there? Yeah, are you ever you there? Might, you might not. You you might not like the answer, but you can certainly ask. Who, who knows what his response will be? I, I don't know, but um, it would be interesting. Um, anyway, so look, there's a lot of stuff going on now, Rich. I watched the first episode of DMZ last night, uh, based on the Brian Wood comic. Um, it's got Rosario Dawson uh, in the lead role. Uh, it's basically the United States is in like a second civil war um, and Manhattan is a demilitarized zone, i.e. DMZ, the uh, title of the uh, you know well, comic and now show. And Rosario Dawson injects herself back into, the, into DMZ to find her child who she got separated from when they evacuated from wherever it was they evacuated and Ocean Manhattan and... Yada, yada, yada. Now, look, it's a promising first episode. Um, Michelle watched it with me. I'm def- It's only, a, I think, a four or five mini episode miniseries, which I think is a good idea um, for the first season. Um, what do you think, Rich? Have you heard much about it? Have you checked it out? Didn't even know it existed. Really, Rich. I mean, lucky I'm on signal. Lucky I'm professional, you know? <laughs> lucky. I mean, yeah. I mean, we are we are lucky that you you Thanks. are willing to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find things. Oh come on, DMZ was a good comic, man. I enjoyed. I, I'm I, not talking about the I'm, comic. I'm just talking about I'm talking about adaptations of TV shows. These days. Well, we like, did have that disaster with Why the Last Man. Exactly. And Brian Biggie from Inner Demons made some fun of me. He said it'll just be like watching Why the Last Man again. I said to him that was one long fucking chore that I subjected myself to. That was a chore. And yeah, actually, I have no idea what the critical reception is. Let's go to Metacritic and see what the reception is at DMZ. Because I've got a feeling it might not actually be that well received. I've just got a feeling. It wasn't that good, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, you know when you watch something and you're like... Uh. But also the reason I don't know about it is because I've not seen any... I've not seen any advertising for it. I didn't even, yeah. like, know this was a thing. Like, right, right. Well, I've been I've been following it. Yeah, see, it's only got a fifty-eight on Metacritic, which isn't great. That's mixed reviews. Uh, so it's not it's not yeah, it's got a fifty-eight on Metacritic from ten critical reviews. Fifties, uh, forties, a forty from Variety. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll keep watching it. It's only a few episodes. Um, wow, I see. There's a Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Back to the Rock. I didn't know there was this was out. I used to love Fraggle Rock, man. Fuck, I was a big Fraggle Rock fan in the eighties. Yeah, have you heard about this, Rich? They've got a, they've got a new season of, of Fraggle Rock coming. Uh, that, I've, that came never, out I've never wa- I've never watched Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock was a great show. Um, we didn't we didn't have that in South Africa, didn't you? It was kind of like the Muppets, but like um, <clears throat> well, it, it was I don't know what the difference was, but or more more adult, I think. Was it? They were just different. They were just different Muppets, man, I think. You know, it was all Jim Henson, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Henson. Yeah, it's Jim. I'm looking at it now. It's Jim Henson Studios. But, um, oh, man, they were awesome. They were crazy, though. They were crazy, hyperactive little bastards, which is probably why I enjoyed them. Uh, (laughs) They were just nutty. Um, Yeah, anyway, so DMZ, as I suspected, maybe that... um, Maybe that it might not be the critical love. There's a few people here giving it some high scores, but but the fact it's only got a 58 
uh, on Metacritic is usually a sign that the show could potentially be in trouble. Um, obviously, it'll then go down to ratings. You know, it's on HBO Max. Um, so, yeah, I guess it'll all be about click-throughs. Uh, anyway, we'll see. But uh, Dave will watch it for the show. Now, something I do not want to watch for the show, I watched the trailer, Richard, to Ms. Marvel... Now, even separating out the fact I hate Ms. Marvel anyway, not that I've barely read her on anything, can I just say this trailer was just so awful and looked so cheap that it actually, I actually felt that the comic is a lot better than this trailer. And that's saying something when I consider how lowly I rate the comic. I thought this was one of the worst trailers I've ever seen um, for a mainline show. What did you think, Rich? I have, yeah, I watched the trailer and it has not moved my needle at all. Um, yeah, yeah. I bad. found it, but the, the problem is, is like for me, I found it so fucking cringy. But I, I, this is this is not really this show is not for adults. No, it's no, I know it's for the preteens almost. This, you know? this show is definitely for kids. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Like the, this, this show is so for kids. It's amazing. Well, and I don't have a problem with that, you know, like, God bless them, like, they're shooting for that audience, it's kind of like, it's, I, it's, I, it's I, like I do, but I feel, yeah, but I feel like they also do a disservice to younger people. Sure. You know, like, sometimes when something's shit, they go, oh, but it's for kids, I'm like, what, so sh- we should give kids shit? Like, sure. I think something can be for kids, but still be good. This looks you know cheap I mean? it can, to me. It can still be well written or mm. well produced. I don't. I hate that excuse of well, it's for kids. No, well, kids. kids yeah, but but a lot of them. kids' shit is look. If you look at it as an adult, is pretty cheap looking. Like there's a lot of kids stuff where you. you, know, you... I, I I see there's an uproar because uh, she what? doesn't have her proper powers. Is there really an uproar? That's hilarious. Well, from the five uh, Ms. Marvel fans. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the quietest uproar in history. One of whom I bet is the fucking writer. I forget what her name is, but she never shuts up about Ms. Marvel. I heard a rumor that she is either leaving or getting forced out of Marvel. <sighs> well, it would be great news for me. Because, what's like, her name? Sal- yeah. Salma Hamanan or something like that? Sal- I, Salma Ham- I don't know. I don't even know what her Salma name is, Hamanan but like... um. She she's constantly like attached to the hip to Miss Marvel is what I know. Like she's, it's her claim to fame, and she wears it like a fucking you know badge of honor oh, every it, day. It is funny. It is funny to me that the creator of Miss Marvel is in a position high up in Marvel now, right? And so she, I'm. That explains why Miss Mar- Marvel keeps getting a book. Sure. Because well, it must have that's sold her okay. creation, and yeah. she. I don't. I don't. But again, okay was 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 never the the mark. You had to do more yeah. than okay. Yeah, but they had a hit on their hands. Like, however small a hit it was, it was like also a critical darling. You know, it was it was like a Miles Morales. It broke through. You know, which is rare kind of thing. It broke. I think through. she's had at least three relaunches. At least. Yeah, three. I, I I mean I've always found her a very underwhelming character personally, but. But can I say this? Uh, look, I'm no fan of Miss Marvel. Don't get me wrong, but this show seemed to even be doing a disservice to to that. You know, like I I thought this was just as a viewer of trailers and of content. I thought this was a particularly poor trailer. Like, and it looked really cheap as well. I I really I felt the cheapness coming through really really strongly. Like, what are her powers anyway? Like, she Terrigen mists and she sort of can morph make her arms all stretchy and like elastic man. 
I don't know what no, it's my, my, Well, that's what her powers are supposed to be, but now she's got some sort of weird, like, power crystal power or something. Right. And so the fans of Ms. Marvel, all, all, all 17 of them, were all united in. But what's hilarious is they've been drinking the Kool-Aid so long from Marvel and on Ms. Marvel that, like, them turning on their own character is almost funny in itself, you know? Uh, I know, but, but can I just say, I, and especially with the Marvel stuff, I'm just getting so sick and tired that every fucking main character has to be quirky. Sure. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's it's a way so to differentiate them. Now. now, but no, they're all the same. I but like, can, I, can I say this? Like, and, and I do want to say this in support of quirkiness as a character trait. I, I watch a lot of like Kojak, Cannon, you know, Rockford Files. All of them had slightly eccentric PIs or cops back in the seventies. They all had their like Beretta. They all had their own quirks. Columbo. It's just a way to no, differentiate no, 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 the no, character. No. No, no. See, that's different. You're talking about different quirks. Sure. I'm saying they're all the same quirky. Oh, okay. Well, then it makes no sense. They're all that like, oh, oh, oh I'm quirky. Oh, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. It's like all the characters are now, every main character now is just this, I'm awkward and quirky. Like, oh, oh. like I'm just, it's so <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. banal now. Seriously. Like, a different quirk would be great. Sure. You know, yeah. maybe she's a bit of a bitch to like the the popular kids or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. you know, you, you know, like uh, she, maybe she's not the popular kid, and so she's almost a bit mean behind the behind their back. Just give her something that doesn't make her just like, oh, I respond to everything in a quirky way. Sure. No, I hear I act you. Or like, you know, I'm just getting so sick of that being the default fucking. Well, that's Naomi character. as well. You know, that's my point. It's the same characters. Yeah, I will say this. This show made Naomi look like a fucking Emmy Award winner. Because um, as, as you know, though, I I, um, I watched Naomi episode one, and I thought it was quite passable TV. I actually thought it wasn't too bad. You know, and believe you me, I've got no love for Bendis' Naomi character. But I just watched it as a show. You know, I, I, I take the brain out. I just, I just check it out. I, I thought it was actually decent. This just looked awful. Um, it looked like dead on arrival TV, basically to me. I'm surprised it got greenlit. Uh, but we'll see how it is when it comes out. I mean, I don't really want to. I'll watch an episode. You don't have to. I'll watch oh. an episode for the show. You know. I just, I just nailed it. I just nailed it. Mm. Ever since Scott Pilgrim, that's every young character now. I will say this for Scott Pilgrim is a great fucking comic. Great comic. No, it, it's a great comic, and it was actually a good movie. But yeah. I just realized, you know how like I say like we didn't ruin writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like every everyone's trying now. Everyone is trying to have their main character like Scott Pilgrim. You know who's also I think guilty Bendis. Bendis is so guilty um, of that style of writing. Like he does like a poor man's Joss Whedon. You know, he's not as funny, mm. but oh my god, Bendis just ruined comic book dialogue at Marvel. Like, people trying to imitate Bendis. Like, it's just the worst, you know? Like, and just laziness. The laziness of Brian Michael Bendis for the last 15 years has been almost astounding to witness. And he fails upwards. Like, he, you know, he gets shows like Naomi on the air. He gets on Justice League. gets on Superman. Like, it's like, fuck! Like, when is anyone going to wake up? He got on Legion, you know? And it's just like... It's not that I hate Bendis' stuff, because, but it's one tone. It's one... Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he can hit deadlines. I get it. I, he must sell a certain amount still. I get it. But 
At the same time, it's one tone, no matter what book, what universe, wherever he is. It's like, mm. and it didn't used to be. He used to have a little bit more variety, but he's been this way for a long time, and and it's ridiculous. And I think that really influenced a lot of Marvel writers, uh, in you know, who are kind of writing in his shadow a little bit to employ a similar style. Um, it's jokey without being funny, and everyone doing it, and. That's to me at the end of the day, that that's poor writing. You've got to, you know, if you know anything about comedy, it's generally not. That's generally not the way to go because it's not really comedy. He doesn't really write anything funny. You know, it's all as you say, kind of lame half jokes, and mm. you know that, that that's the style. That's it. Like I mean, that's as good as it gets, kids. <laughs> like it's not like these really well constructed jokes that are paying off. It's just people generally being a bit awkward doing kind of one-liners that aren't funny. They're not zingers, but they're kind of like half-zingers, you know? And I don't know. I just I just, I just, just found it, it. It drove me off his comics. I just couldn't read any more of it. And when he got onto Justice League and was doing it, I was like, my God, is there a fucking limit? And then finally it's like he's going to Dark Horse, and I'm like, well, praise Jesus, you know? Praise the Dark Gods. Um, but we're getting off topic, but this Ms. Marvel looked awful, frankly. Um. Yeah. So, I'll watch one episode for the show, Rich. That's and that's it. Unless it massively amazes me. Now we do have some good news, Richard. Are you ready for some good news? Yes. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Marvel Studios is in negotiations with Sean Levi or Levy, who did that movie we were talking about before, Adam Project, to direct Deadpool three. This marks the third collaboration between Levy and Reynolds as they work together on Free Guy, which I did like and Netflix's new sci-fi movie, The Adam Project, which I was more mixed on. He's also known for directing Real Steel, which I loved, and multiple episodes of Stranger Things. Um, Considering the close relationship he has with Reynolds, it is expected that Levi's deal to direct Deadpool 3 will close. So, what do you think? Deadpool 3, will they have the cursing, Rich? Or will will they PGify it, or will they bleep it? What what are Disney going to do with Deadpool 3? What do you think? Oh, that really depends because apparently there's some um, parents who mm. clearly don't know how to do parental locks on Disney that are complaining about the the Netflix stuff on the on the channel now, isn't there? Yeah, but who gives a shit about them, man? Like they're always complaining. Uh you say who gives a shit? Unfortunately, Disney does. So yeah, but you know, because let's be honest, a lot of people that subscribe to Disney mm. are people with kids. Okay, but but Disney have shown they don't care about that because they're bringing on the Punisher and Daredevil onto the, the normal Disney. What I'm saying is for uh, Deadpool no, no, 3... No, 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 but that is what's getting them in hot water at the moment. Right. The fact that they did that is my point. Okay. So depending on how that works out mm. or what comes of that, that will determine if Deadpool's going to be R-rated or if they're going to go, let's finally make a PG. Maybe they could just beep him, you know? They could do that and make a, make a joke out of it. Like, I don't necessarily... Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I would, I, I don't think it's like that hard to do, really. I don't think it was, like, it's not as graphic as people make out. You know, it actually be so hilarious is if they have Professor X mm. put like a, a thing in his brain that he beeps himself when he swears. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, I think there are ways you can write around. That could it, actually you know? be quite funny. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really sincerely believe that there are ways you could write around this if, if they're, and I can understand their concern with their branding. I, I, I get it. Like, but Deadpool is such a big character that they've got to monetize that. They've got to strike while the iron's, you know, relatively hot. 
and they could they could make another billion dollars off Deadpool three. I, I definitely think there's potential for that, but they've just got to package it right. And also, no, and this is something else they've got to think about, Rich. The Deadpool fans out there, they're not all, not all of them are going to be as forgiving as me, who's just saying right around it. Some of them want Deadpool one and two. You know, there's 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 a pretty big sort of casual fan base of Deadpool fans who loved the fact that it was kind of against the grain of the normal Marvel stuff. You know, that was a big part of the attraction. So all these things need to be taken into account and um, it will be interesting to see which way the mouse lands. Now, Richard, do you want to read out the Obi-Wan Kenobi news because you are the Star Wars expert? Because I want to get your reaction. Are you there? It's apparently Ray Park was reportedly set to return as Darth Maul in Obi-Wan Kenobi until a creative overall cut him from the show and replaced Maul with Vader. Yes. Well, you read that out with a lot less energy than I was expecting. Um, <laughs> you didn't, didn't really sell it, Rich, to the audience. Now, Ray Park... Well, no, Darth because Maul? I was just... I was playing it in my head, and that wouldn't make any fucking sense whatsoever if what? you are not familiar with the Disney canon. So okay. whoever wrote that in the first place probably didn't even know what the fuck was canon, because in the uh-huh. Star Wars Rebel show... He came back, didn't Darth he? as a little Maul... spider or something. No, no, no. That was the Clone Wars. Oh. In the Rebels TV show, <laughs> Darth Maul and Obi-Wan have their final confrontation. Oh. And that's the first time that he's been that he's managed to track down uh, Kenobi. So, right. Um, so that's before, Jack-Wing, but so. that's before, that's before the Obi Wan Kenobi show, isn't it? Rebels. No, this, that's after this. Uh, Rebels takes place like Rebels ends kind of right before New Hope. But isn't that when the Obi Wan Kenobi show is as well? No, Obi Wan Kenobi is like uh, maybe ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Like oh, eight, is nine, it right? Eight, oh, because of course, because Luke's only a small kid. Yeah, yeah, right. I get them confused. Okay, right. I see. Oh well. Uh, so anyway, so he's not doing it anyway. W- when is he the spider in Solo? Isn't he like a little spider on like metal legs or something? No, no. I thought he was <laughs> like he has like no. little prosthetic like like spider legs or something. I was told. No, that's when he first reappears in the Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, basically, when he fell when he fell down the the chute, mm. um, but a couple of like repair bots mm. found him, and they they basically welded uh, these robot legs onto him. But the robot legs were like a centipede type robot, right? So, or yeah, it kind of looked like a a spider thing. But he then eventually gets those turned into proper prosthetic robots. H- hold on, though, Richard. Uh, in Solo, the movie with, uh, what was his name? I forget. Whatever the guy's name was who played Han Solo, that's not Harrison Ford. In that movie, you know when Darth Maul pops up at some point towards the end? Yeah. If you look, and I believe this is right because I believe we covered this on Signal back in Stu's time, if you look closely, you can see the little robot legs. I didn't say he doesn't have robot legs. I said he doesn't have spider legs. No, but I mean, they're not normal legs, dude. They're, they're like... They're... No, they ro- they cybernetic robotic legs, but he oh. did have spider legs. Oh. And in the Clone Wars, when he was, when, when his brother found him out of his mind... All, all right. Because but... the robot... The... It's, it's difficult to explain, but yes, he has robotic legs. Yeah, but are they normal? Not... Are they not... like normal? Like, are they, like if I got prosthetic robotic legs, 
that were just two legs. So it looked like I had normal legs. Is that what they're like? Or are they like different? In solo, they would look more like regular legs. Oh, really? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? This is, this is so hard to explain. He's gone through different stages of legs in yes. the Star Wars canon, okay? Yes. He had massive spider legs. Yes, which I think is hilarious, which got, I love. Then know? he got that put into two legs that were that looked more like um, uh, animal hindquarters. <laughs> right. Right. And then he got legs that looked like normal human-shaped legs. Which is what he would have had but in Solo. Yes. Oh, right. And also in Solo... Okay, in Solo, you could kind of see, apparently, if you looked really closely, that he did have legs of some sort. Like, he was kind of, like, sitting down. He had a couple of different legs, yes. (laughs) Okay, and Ray Park's Darth Maul from Solo has been fully revealed with the actor saying he has ideas of what he'd like to do with the character in the future, and there's a picture of him with just robotic legs that... Look like standard human legs, but they're robotic instead of you know. Yeah, like they have the normal shape of a foot, yeah, the normal yeah. shape of like a chin and calf, but they obviously robotic. Disappointing. Yeah, so... I far prefer him having spider legs. It's way more fun to think of him like running around on spider legs with a torso above it. I I think that's way more hilarious, personally. Um, but wasn't he like anyway, Obi One in Clone Wars has such a great line when he sees Maul again? Yeah, Maul's like you know, oh Kenobi. Surprised to see him, and he goes, oh, you got yourself new legs. They make you look taller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, anyway, so he's been written out of, of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Well, and, good. He shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Yeah, you're not happy with him being in there in the first place. And he's replaced with Darth Vader, which I'm sure you're also... Well, not I'm not happy about Darth Vader anyway. being in there either. So. I knew from previous shows you weren't happy with that either. So, anyway. Here's the thing. Okay, look, you've created Inquisitors, right? Yes, which I'm not a massive fan of, but I, uh, if you've created them fine, I don't mind him going up against Inquisitors and that maybe he either kills an Inquisitor or, or turns an Inquisitor and so Darth Vader never finds out about him. Mm. I'm, I'm okay with that happening as a story, right? Yeah. But I, if you're telling me that Vader knows that Kenobi is alive, the man who surely in Vader's mind he would feel responsible for yeah. the death of Padme, his kids. Oh, he's crippling? What about his crippling? No, no, let me get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and for the fact that he's like, uh, yeah, uh, chopped his, his limbs off and, and, <laughs> and left him burnt to a crisp. Yeah. You're telling me that that guy, if he find out where Obi-Wan was or that Obi-Wan's been spotted, wouldn't be out there hunting him yeah, yeah. like there's no tomorrow. I'm sorry. It just, it ruins everything, man. What does it, it doesn't ruin like, oh my God, but it, it yeah, ruins no, it, it for me. It cheapens it a little bit, you know? Maybe yeah. he gets it. Maybe he gets that. If it was just Inquisitors, I'd be all right with that. Like you know, sure. like you've created them, fine, use them. But the fact that you know they, oh, he's gonna have another fight with Darth Vader. I'm like, oh, for fuck's what, sake. What if this happens? He has a fight with Darth Vader, and like whatever the conclusion, that for say it's a draw, and then a rock hits Darth Vader's head and he gets amnesia, and doesn't remember the events of um, Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi TV show. Uh, <laughs> would that be a cheap way to cheap? You know, it's like, like at the yeah. end of at the end of the prequels, where they like wipe the droids' memories. Remember that line? And it's like, oh god, you know. Well, no, only only C three PO's memory. Card. Right. Okay. Archie knew it all. He just never told anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just kept it to himself. <laughs> well, not many people understand R two. So yeah, you know. <laughs> he's like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> no one understands what he's talking about. Uh, Marvel Studios is reportedly developing a Daredevil reboot show. 
which will see Charlie Cox return as Matt Murdoch, uh, who and more PG. <laughs> he returned as Matt Murdoch in um the fucking Spider Man movie. Yes. Yes, but I'm sure if they're going to do a new Daredevil show, it would not be an R-rated like the Netflix. But you don't need to. You don't more, need it. Far more in line. You don't need it. line with the, the Marvel Disney stuff. You don't need no rating for a Daredevil show. Daredevil's a pussy. We all know it. You know, at the end of the day, like he's a little pussy cat. <laughs> like, so, I'm sorry. Like, I hope they do uh, a fucking Punisher show, which has him beating up on Daredevil. You know, like finally getting revenge on Daredevil for the infractions over the years, where because Daredevil to me. Good character, happen, good character, just a little bit of a pussy compared to Frank Castle. You know, he's always trying to pull Frank up on killing people and stuff. Let's not forget the time that Daredevil threw someone in front of a train in his own movie. Um, there was that incident, uh, you know. Yes, he, but, but, but he, no, but he learned his lesson from that. Frank hasn't learned his lesson. Frank doesn't. Frank enjoy. <laughs> for Frank, Frank thinks he's got it one hundred percent right. So do I. Um, anyway, I, I'd watch it. I, I wouldn't mind them doing it. I, I, I definitely think you could do a PG Daredevil show. It wouldn't be that hard, really. Honestly, like it was, like, dude, it wasn't exactly a hard R that his show was it really. If we're honest, uh, not a hard R. It was definitely more of an R, probably for just the violence and yeah. the language and all that sort of stuff. Well, um, Nicholas Cage has weighed in. I mean, to be fair, I mean, um, uh, Kingpin did literally squash a guy's head. So what? To, 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 to chunky bits in between the car doors. So. You could just take out some of the violence and you could end up with a PG-13 show and everyone would be... Oh, fine. yeah, they'll definitely go, they'll definitely go PG. Definitely. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, MA-15 at the most. Yeah, no, you could definitely... It's totally doable. Totally doable. Uh, don't forget that, like, the Punisher comic, pre, pre-Max, pre like when Chuck Dixon and Mike Barron were doing it, that was technically PG, you know? And, and, and look at all the great stories they did. I still think it's the high watermark of the Punisher. That was... That I, was hope they, I hope they put him in a costume like Ben Affleck's. That was a decade before. <laughs> yeah, we remember, remember Charlie Cox was like, the costume sucked and all that. And I was like, I actually said on uh, Facebook, eat shit, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed that Daredevil movie, the the, the director's cut, with um, yeah, eat shit, eat shit, Charlie Cox. Like, take your fucking money and shut up. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't cast aspersions at at what came before you, but that's helped you put you in the place where you are now. Please don't. Please take your money and sit down, because outside of this, I wouldn't even know what you've done. I wouldn't even if it wasn't for Daredevil, you wouldn't even be a blip on the fucking screen. You know. Yeah, Cox. Yeah, just sit down and shut up. Don't cast aspersions that other actors' projects are the same character. That's so that's so uh, unnecessary and just just really unnecessary. Um, now, Nicolas Cage, who I love, doesn't understand the neg- negativity surrounding comic book movies because to him they are wholesome and bring people happiness. He commented you, on this. You tell him, Nicholas. He commented on this topic in his own Ghostwriter film in a new interview. He also told Warner Brothers he's ready to join the Batman sequel as a terrifying villain, and he wants to play Egghead. Apparently, Rich is that's that's the character that Nick Cage that's, is. That's so that's so fucking Cage. <laughs> well, I love it's it. So like, cute. yeah, Egghead. I know he was in the Harley Quinn comic as a, like a supporting comedic character. I know he was in the '66 show, I believe. I can't that's remember. Where, that's where he was created. Okay, I can't remember, and I certainly haven't read every Batman comic ever. I can't remember any Batman comic appearances outside of the Harley Quinn stuff. Is he 
known for any sort of comic appearances that you're aware of, Rich? No, very like sporadically. Again, it yeah. was more of a, a joke character. But um, if I remember correctly, he was played by Vincent Price, but he was really? created specifically for the show. Right. Just like how Harley Quinn was created for the Batman animated TV animated show. show. Yeah, Egghead was purely made for that show. He never appeared in any comic um, before that. Gene Pomiati and Amanda Connor did a great yeah. job with him in the Harley Quinn comic. He was used in that quite a lot, Eggy. I was like their friend. It was he was fun. He was just a funny character. He was very good in that. Um, Jimmy well, Vincent Price's Egghead was just so fucking genius. I love Vincent Price. He's such a he's such an entertaining guy. Oh, Vincent Price is a fantastically entertaining actor. Yeah, for sure. In so many good movies over the years, uh, the Batman passed four hundred million worldwide in its second weekend at the box office. Rich, not a surprise. Uh, shall we? Shall we? Shall we go to Box Office Mojo and see what the current run running time is? Stuart used to do these like box office presentations that used to basically put me to sleep. Um, like I don't mind a little bit of Box Office Mojo stuff, but like he used to do like presentations almost with a spreadsheet, and I was just like, seriously, man, I'm not an investor. Um, <laughs> you know, if I'm an investor earning coin off it, I I care. But okay, so now it's past five hundred mil. Uh, it's taken two hundred and fifty eight. Uh, US 247 worldwide just shows you the dominance of Batman so it's taken under half a bill now uh, and, and still counting so a success in post-COVID times uh, do you think it'll hit a bill Rich has it got a billion dollars um, I, 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 here's the thing I don't I, honestly I don't know because in my mind I don't think it's like I don't think it's rewatchable mm. I'm going to watch but it I again when it comes well, on I streaming no, 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 the, no what I mean is that it's not that sort of movie, like, as soon as you finish watching it, you're like, oh, I'm going to come watch it again next week. No, definitely You know not. what I mean? Like, you know, like your Spider-Mans, your Avengers, because they're like, you know, they're, they're a bit more fun. Yeah, 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 I agree. You know, they're a little bit more entertaining. I think people go repeat watch it. But with this one, I just think it's such a long movie. Yeah. It's such a slow movie. I don't know. It depends. If a lot of people go repeat watch it, I think it'll make a billion. If people go, oh, good movie, but long like you, I'll wait for it to come on the streaming before yeah. I watch it with Michelle again. Yep. Maybe it might fall short. Maybe it'll reach like 800, 900 mil, sure. you know, 850, something around there. But it all depends on how many people are willing to repeat watch it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I don't think it'll hit a bill in box office. And I think partly that's because the 45-day HBO Max streaming, I think COVID, and as you say, the fact it's a dark, long movie, it's kind of like watching Apocalypse Now. I love that fucking movie, you know. When I finish it, I don't go, Jesus Christ, I want to watch it again tomorrow night, you know. it almost It's almost a movie like this. You want to let it sit in the brain for a while. And and you will rewatch it eventually when it comes out on streaming. But it, like you say, it's not like the, the Marvel movies are pure popcorn movies, the best of them. Yeah. where you, you could watch it and you're like, yeah, I want to watch it again. The, the best of the X-Men movies were like that too, where you're like, oh, I'll watch it again. Like, it was fun. You know, it was a, it was an up, kind of uplifting, whereas this was kind of quite, for large chunks of it, quite sort of dark and sombre. You know what I mean? Like, long. And, yeah, you, you, you don't feel like backing up the next night. Yeah, like, it's, one of, someone I was talking to, they said it quite perfectly. They said it's a bit meandering. Yeah, it takes us time. It takes us time. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I will definitely, I'm looking forward to rewatching with Michelle to get, see what she thinks, because she might enjoy it. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, you do it. I, I think it's a movie you can definitely enjoy, mm. but I just think often you'd be like, Whoa, well, that was a long movie. And I just think that could affect it. No, I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the final score is. Uh, now how about this? JLA Avengers, the George Perez, Kurt Busiak, you know, that they you know, how they're releasing it through the heroes initiative. I think it was like 12,000 copies or something. On run re- online scalpers are taking advantage of the situation by reselling the copies at an enormously high price. Well, you know, what a surprise. Like, it's a scarcity product. There's high demand. Of course, people are going to flip it. Like, are we really that... Are we that outraged? And are we even slightly surprised? Like... Well, uh, uh- Scalpers are going to scalp. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of like, like the outrage. Like, I get it. George Press is very ill. He's on his deathbed. That's super fucking sad. But like the 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 vitriol that's being online about this, like people, are, I, I, one guy put up a picture of it on his shelf, and there were people saying to him, "Oh, you're just a privileged person. Like you're showing off." He's like, "This is a collector's fucking forum. I'm putting up something I collected. This is what you jerks do all the time." Like. Yes, I think that Marvel and DC should have made this like a hundred thousand copy run. And I think their excuses are all bullshit as well. Like they don't have the paper stock. Bullshit. You have the paper stock. You could do it if you wanted to. I think they want to drive up the scarcity, and and it's all a bit of a marketing stunt, frankly. And and they're the ones profiting off the corp. So why don't you take your vitriol at Marvel and DC? Uh, scalpers are going to scalp. Like they've been around since day dot. Rich, when you go to a concert, there's people outside scalping. Blah blah blah. Are they attending all the local concerts in the area? You know, protesting that as well. Are they, are they on eBay protesting every single person flipping something for a profit? Are they protesting me trying to flip a Kira Yoshida still available, Soul Taker, at wartime prices? <laughs> two 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 hundred dollars and you can have it. Two hundred dollars in my account and you can have it. There you go, live signal. Uh, you know, are they coming after me? If so, they can go fuck off. Um, I just find that the, these moral outrage junkies. Uh, all over, a, let's face it, dude, you know, all over, a, guess what, a fairly, I'll, I'll be honest, a fairly average comic. I've read it, I, I, I owned it in singles, like, beautiful artwork by George Perez, uh, story, okay, it, it's not the world's greatest fucking comic, um, it, you know, it's a crossover, it is what it is, like, it's, it, it's, you know, it's beautiful artwork, and I think that was the big sell of it. But at the end of the day, it's a comic book, and people can easily fucking download fucking, you know, the actual thing. It's not the Ark of the Covenant. Like, am I am I, am I crazy, Rich, in thinking people are just getting bent out of shape over nothing here? I mean, no, but the thing you also have to remember, Dave, is that there's a reason why... See, people forget that the word fan sure. is just shorthand for fanatic. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, and That's unfortunately, it. that is why that, that you know that is why fandoms and all that are so toxic, passionate. No, 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 not just. I mean, you can get toxic, but I mean, also just like passionate, unreasonable, sure. emotionally charged. Sure, you know, because it's you are fanatical about something. If you're a fan of something, yeah. you are. You might be varying degrees, but you are you are definitely fanatical about something. Gotcha. You, whether that leads to uh, protectiveness, you know, or your identity is wrapped in it or something. So I, I do agree. This is, and that's unfortunately what's going to happen. That's, you know, I mean, I had to wait two years for a bloody Xbox X because scalpers were buying yeah, the shit as flipping. soon as it became available and flipping it for a thousand bucks on eBay. Like, mm. 
Does it suck? Yeah, it does. I had to wait like two years and a bit of luck yeah. to get another one. But unfortunately, that's just the world I live in. And bitching and moaning about it's not going exactly. not going to do anything because you can't stop these people. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, it's unless not you want to, unless you want to go punish a one man war on crime kind of style, you know? Yeah, but I don't think too many people would be in my corner. I'd still go to jail. <laughs> I'd, I'd vote not guilty for you, Rich. I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, one of the jury. <laughs> the, other, the other 11 is like, give him the chair. Um, yeah, no, but, I hear. But, yeah. I also, I, but I also stand these people are fanatical. The, you yeah. know, it's, they are fans. And but what, are they, but what are they complaying about? That's what I don't understand. Like, who are they complaining to? Like, well, well what's the big like with anything, deal? it's man yells at clouds. So yeah, it is. It's like blended like... into the ether. But what I also agree with you is that I don't feel like they should have made this uh, collector's edition. I mean, if this is to celebrate George Perez, yeah, you should have taken orders, yeah, and filled the orders, and not just said, "Oh, we're only going to make a limited amount." Well, it feels whatever. like they could have had a huge hit on their hands. Like, like we all know this that the comics are making very little fucking cash. They, they yeah. could have had a huge windfall, split the profits fifty fifty, and walked away. You well, know, put it this way: you can. Here's the thing: you can still make something um, rare. By just saying pre-orders only. Sure. Like, we are going to do this. Go to your local comic shop or Amazon, whatever. Place the order. Mm. We are only making enough to fill orders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, And that way, everyone gets what they want. And if you didn't order, well, then now you've got to go get it for Scalper who decided to pre-order. Like, that would have been a better way of just, you know, because once you put out there, we're only doing a 1,000, you know. Mm. Fuck me. That's like a red flag for Scalpers. Yes, it is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they love scarcity. They absolutely love yeah, it. That's, it's just dreadful. That's their best signal. You you put up there saying we only print in a thousand or we're only manufacturing a thousand. Jesus. You've just alerted every sculptor to like sit at the website and wait for it to become available and, and buy the copies. Like Yeah. Anyway, it, I just also find it hilarious that hilarious isn't the right word, because I, I do feel super sad about George Perez. But to me, uh, look, as a comic, I, I don't honestly, outside of the artwork, I, it was nothing special. I, I, I collected all the issues in single format when it came out, and honestly, it wasn't worth the hype, you know? No, but, but it's the perfect thing to celebrate him with both companies. Yes. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And, 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 and like, God bless him. Like, God bless the guy, because he did great work on it. And I hope his whole back catalogue is selling, and I hope he's, you know, I, I, obviously I hope the guy's doing okay financially, I mean, for his family that are going to be left behind. Like, I, I, I'm really glad that at least, you know, it's it sounds so weird because he's so sick, but at least he's feeling the love while he's still here. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to you get run down by a car on the street and the day after you die, everyone's saying what a great guy you were. At least... He's feeling the love. He's getting a chance to. People are saying goodbye. You know, creators like Kurt Busiek and all these other people who know him very well, uh, who've worked with him. You know, and his friends and stuff uh, have a chance. I mean, you know, not everyone gets that. It's very sad that he's fatally ill. I mean, that sucks. But unfortunately, which is going to come for all of us. You know, this is the thing. Well, unfortunately, there was some assholes who were like, "Juice man, just get him to do something new." Yeah, well, there's always a prick. There's always there's always got to be that guy out there who just I've mentioned it before on the show. There's always got to be that guy that's never fucking happy unless their artist is is still producing that fucking last drop of gold on their deathbed. Do you know what I mean? I like it's such an entitled 
it's such an entire... Like, George Perez, I'm sorry, he could rest on his laurels like 20 years ago if he wanted to. He, he had a very successful career in comics. Like, his body of work speaks for itself. And there's always got to be that guy that's like, I want the last minutes to be spent drawing a fucking sketch of, you know, who, name a character, you know, fucking Superman flying over the metropolis. If he's not doing that, he hasn't fulfilled his dreams. Like, there's always got to be that guy out there, but, like, thankfully they're ignored. And and I and, and I would hope that at this point, George Perez is hearing none of this negativity, that he's completely siphoned off from it all. Like, why would you want to hear any sort of bullshit? And I do think Marvel and DC should have made it a wider print run, and I think their excuse is bullshit, that there was paper shortages. Bullshit. You're still getting all your normal shit out on a weekly basis, you know? Jesus Christ, pull some yeah. of the pull some of the crap off the fucking yeah. stands oh, that you're putting. Yeah, I, was, I was literally just about to say, how about you take a break from pumping out that fucking toilet paper that you <laughs> you know you're, you're pumping out and use that paper for actually something good? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, so please, please take a break and then divert some of that. So that's all bullshit. That's them driving up the scarcity to get into the conversation. Like, in all honesty, that's their marketing. Because they know that, they're like, you know, because these companies, they're always saying that they could never collaborate now. I'm like, why not? Like, they're competitors. They are competitors, but also, in a weird way, they, they, they know that they all need each other for, for the comic book business to stay afloat. So I think they could do a few more team-ups. Not, not, I'm not talking about every fucking week, but I, I do think there's potential for, like, a Wolverine-Batman team-up to actually be, be good and be a big seller. Like, there's... There are things that they could do, I think, sometimes that would actually sort of help both their positions. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't buy it that it's impossible. I, I just think the willpower is not there, unfortunately. I just, can't they could, I, I just can't believe that they, what, they couldn't split the, the printing? Well, they could. Of course they could have. It was always a collaborative, they you know. Done a, they could have done a DC printing and a Marvel printing. Yeah, which is how they did the original issues. The one, one was Marvel, one was DC, one was Marvel, one was DC. That's how they did it. Have you ever read, Rich? I prefer, like, I, look, JLA Avengers is cool. Like, it's it's cool. But I actually prefer DC versus the Marvel Universe, the, the 90s event. Did you ever read that? Yeah, I own it in uh, floppies. That's good. That's good stuff, man. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Um, that that see that's one I would like to own a copy of. I I did enjoy it, but I also um I, I also don't believe that it it was voting. Oh well, you're questioning the ballot box, are you, Rich? <laughs> I I am indeed. I think it was rigged. I think there was a fair bit of it was rigged, Rich. Yes, I do, I, I definitely agree there that there was definitely a bit of rigging going on. Uh, but but then again, some of the stuff like Storm beating Wonder Woman. That that was, I think, um, she beat Wonder Woman, didn't she? Storm. Yeah, which I think she did, which is bullshit. But that, but but, but that would have, that, on, no, but, on, that, so, Batman and Captain America was a draw. Draw. Yeah. They were like, oh, let's secretly fuck off. Yeah, which is just Aquaman, an excuse for them to, you know. Yeah, Aquaman beat Namor. Not a surprise. Um, Namor. Uh, Flash beat Quicksilver. Not a surprise. Um, Superman beat the Hulk. Superman beat the Hulk, I think. Uh, Thor beat Shazam. Yeah, that's, you know, like... I think Wonder Woman may have lost to Storm because but, of yeah, but, even. But, but think about it, man. Think about the 90s and how lost in space Wonder Woman was as a character. 
And then think about Storm and how big the X-Men fan base was. That doesn't surprise me at all that Storm would beat Wonder Woman back then. Now, different story, because she's had all these movies and much bigger character. You know, you know but, but in the 90s... Yeah, but I, I guess but I, that's my problem with the whole, like, oh, it's going off popularity, because I'm like, yeah, but... I mean, but why would you even have Storm and, and Wonder Woman going up against each other? They're not even in the same league in two, terms of power. Two female characters, man. The, two prominent female characters. Wonder Woman's the most prominent at uh, DC, female character. And Storm... No, I understand you know. Wonder Woman, but I'm just saying, are you telling me that there was no one on Wonder Woman's level in terms of power? I don't know. You know, because if you think about it, Aquaman and Namor, they're both the... Yeah, they're similar. The, the aquatic guys. Flash and Quicksilver, they're both the speedsters. Mm. You know, Superman and Hulk, they're both the strongest. Mm. You know, Shazam and, and Thor, they're both gods. You know, yeah. you know, they're both based on, you know, Thor is an actual, like, Spider-Man god. Spider-Man versus Superboy. Spider-Man versus Superboy. Spider-Man's always going to win that on a vote. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was another weird pairing. Yeah, but, like, they had to give Spider-Man someone who was, like, technically, if you think about it, if, you, if you're brutally honest about it, Superboy should probably win that fight power-wise. You know? Probably. I, I'm not an expert on Connor Kent, but I would assume he could have a power set. But Spider-Man used a bit of smarts in that battle and um, and webbed his eyes, I think, from memory. Um, it was a good battle. But, I, I look, I, I buy that Wonder Woman Storm vote. I, I do buy that because I think Wonder Woman was in a weak position commercially. She was a bit lost in the 90s, man, at that period when that came out. And Storm I, I, was I would have, very strong. I would have loved to have seen Batman versus Iron Man. Not Batman versus Captain America. Batman would definitely Batman would definitely have beaten Captain America in a vote, and he definitely would have beaten Iron Man in a vote, for sure. No, but again, I'm not going to vote in. I'm just okay. talking about like power Powers. like uh, similarities because they're both super smart guys yeah. who rely on gadgets and and being the smartest guy in the room. Like if, if it's Batman versus Captain America, it's really just come down to fighting. But Which was kinda you know, cool though. Batman I know, but I mean Batman you know, going up against Iron Man again, two geniuses mm. who have gadgets and shit that get them out of trouble. It would have just been so interesting to see these two guys almost one up in each other in terms of gadgets and getting out of each other's. Sure, no, that would have been a know, good fight. Yeah, apps or whatever. That's what I'm just saying. Robin like, versus Jubilee, and they went on a date. If you remember, <laughs> <laughs> and um, who was the other one? Wolverine and Lobo. Yeah, Wolverine they should have Lobo. shown that fight. That was actually a really missed opportunity not to show that fight. Um, they should have shown that fight. I don't know why they didn't show that fight because Wolverine was massive, and so was Lobo. So I would have thought that would be a marquee fight, you know? They scaredy pants, bro. They scaredy pants. Yeah, well, I wasn't happy with that. I always thought that that, that they should do a comic. They, see, that should be a crossover they do now: Wolverine and Lobo, and do the mystery fight from the nineties. That would be a cool comic. That's a cool one shot. That one's for fucking free DC and Marvel. There you go. I've sold your financial woes for you. Um, how about this, Rich? Uh, Kirsten Dunst is asking to reprise her role as Mary J. Watson in the MCU. Please no. Please fucking no. That depressing rendition of MJ. No thanks. No thank you. This is... Oh, can I tell you, this is the most bizarre thing to me about the two Spider-Man movies. Mm. Uh, franchises, I mean. Mm. So they got a blonde. Right. To play MJ, but she played it more like um, Gwen Stacy. Right. You know, the girl next door sort of thing and all that, you know. And then they got a redhead 
in the other Spider-Man movies to dye hair blonde and play more of the Mary Jane character, you know, someone who's a bit more like confident, um, uh, vivacious sort of thing and all you that. You see a talking about the Andrew so Garfield bizarre. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I just thought it was so bizarre how they just mucked up to me because I just think, and again, I think what's the name it was fine as, as Gwen Stacy, but um, it's just so weird to me that they went straight with the MJ one with the Tobey Maguire ones, which is so weird. I, I wasn't a fan of uh, her performance of Mary Jane Watson. I found she got more annoying through the um, movies. And I and I, I, I look, uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of her as an actress in the first place. So I, I pray to, like, give her another, like, fine, give her another fucking role, you know, in Spider-Man if we must, but not Mary Jane. It would make no sense. Like, Mary Jane, she, what, she's got to be close to my age, you know? Why would Mary Jane yeah. Watson... No, no. I'm sorry, I can't. I, the the fact that we have Zadaya as a Mary Jane, I'd much rather have Kirsten Dunst as a Mary Jane. Really, I like Zadaya. You just don't like Zadaya. That's your problem. I I don't like her, her Mary Jane. I know that she's not technically Mary Jane, but <laughs> she's okay, if everyone, man. If, if everyone's calling her MJ, then she's Mary Jane. But she's okay, man. What don't you like? She, she plays her for laughs. I I kind of like that. No, when she's playing for I, laughs. no, that she's that she's nothing like you. You're saying that. The Kirsten Dunst is nothing like MJ. She's like, she's just... I just annoying. find it depressing. She depresses me yeah, to watch her. Because, again, she's not playing Mary... She's not capturing... They're not playing, having to play the proper Mary Jane. Yeah, you're like Tiger, you hit the jackpot and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and neither is Zadaya, so... No, Zadaya's doing her own thing. is doing just a completely random character called MJ. <laughs> they, they failed twice at MJ. Yeah, they, look, look. don't get me wrong. is not capturing Mary Jane Watson at all. She's just doing her own riff. A sort of kind of laconic kind of like one-liner character, which I quite like, but it's it's just her own sort of character. You know what I mean? Like they're calling it MJ, but that's only to, you know, tie it somewhat in with the law, I guess you could say. But, I, maybe it's just me, but I don't feel like there's any real chemistry between um, those two characters in the Spider-Man movies, the mm. uh, Zadaya and all that. I don't feel it. I just don't feel the... Um, it's not probably much. the best one has probably been the, the Garfield and Emma Watson. Is it no? What's her name? Emma Stone. Yeah, I love Emma Stone. I loved her. I yeah. thought she was fantastic. Emma Stone and Garfield, I thought had really good chemistry. Like yeah. I felt, yeah, 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 I felt that was good. Again, Toby and and, and Kirsten Dunst, more chemistry than I'd say Zadaya and um, uh, Tom Holland and, and Tom Holland. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd probably say the Emma Stone's probably been the best. Um, uh, partner of yeah. three uh, installments. I, I, I'd say Emma Stone's the best, followed by Zadaya, followed by Kirsten Dunst. Um, but I mean, way around for me, but, yeah. yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, I uh, there's not a ton of chemistry between Zadaya and uh, Tom Holland. Like, frankly, mm -hmm. there's not much. <laughs> like, well, really. if there is, I don't, I don't feel it. If there is, I don't feel well, it. Well, technically, they're supposed to be going out in real life, but I'm like, okay, well, they just it's almost a very disconnected performance, if you know what I mean. Like, they're almost... They're more friendly than anything. Like... Yeah, they do. They come across as just, like, friends. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? It they doesn't just, come across as, like... It. Um, it doesn't come across as great lovers. They come across as friends. You know, good friends. That's it. You know? Mm -hmm. But um, maybe that's all it takes. Hey, many a, many a marriage is built on friendship at the start, Rich. Feelings can develop over time. Dave Counselling 101. You know? 
I'm available, by the way. That's a freebie for everyone, by the way. It's a freebie, but it's also an advertisement for the Patreon page where if you pay the top level, I'm willing to do hour-long one-on-one sessions on the phone or on online just with you and the person that's paying the money. And I'm happy to talk about their relationship problems, happy to give them advice, all that kind of stuff. Easy. Uh, you know, and it's it's take-or-leave advice. You know what I mean, Rich? It's, there's no, no, there's no, There's no liability attached. But if you're saying, you know, my man's cheating on me, I've got this other guy that I want to see, what should I do, Dave? I'll give you the cold hard facts, you know? I'll, I'll say nothing you can't walk away from in 30 seconds flat. <laughs> very, very decent of you, Dave. Thanks. Well, it's a, it's a paid service, so it's just an advertisement for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sigler Doom. Check it out. Um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds trailer, Rich. What did you think? And Kirk oh, has been cast I in season two. Haven't had a chance to watch it. Didn't look too bad. Rich, you need to get close to your microphone. I don't know where you are. It sounds like you're about half a room away from your microphone. I completely forgot. I, I had it on my to-do list, and then I just completely oh, forgot. Dude, it's, it's not that good. It's a little teaser trailer. Um, but the other news is that Kirk has been cast for season two. Did you know that? Wow, already? Jesus. Yes, he's been cast for season two, um, which I think is interesting. Um, so we'll see. But we are definitely going to watch this for the show. Would you agree, Rich? We're going to give this Strange New World to try? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to at least check out the first episode to see if it's worth yeah. carrying continuing. We will do that. So I think we'll stick around for the first two to three. And if it's good, we'll keep going and we'll do a Star Trek section on the podcast. Why not? Trekking all across the universe with David Rich. Um, and, you know, Pike. So am I right in saying this? Pike was the captain of the Enterprise before Kirk. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. He was actually the the captain of the pilot episode. Yes, the glass cage. Am I right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I believe that's what it's called, yeah. And then they reshot it in the menagerie or something. Is that right? And they used elements of the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they actually incorporated that to make it that um, those characters did actually exist. Right. And then it was, a, because I don't think everyone saw the pilot, so it was just a way to use the pilot in like a two-parter. Yes, right. Um, um, and they make, uh, they actually make reference to that in the, I did watch the one episode of Star Trek Discovery because they said that, because um, Pike was in the one season. Right. I did watch. And then there was a scene where he sees his future. Uh-huh. Um, and then he's still, you know, like he has to take some crystal, I think, or something. Because this Star Trek, the discovery is not very good. It doesn't feel very scientific. No, I've heard it's shit. I've heard it's very poor. <laughs> I know, I know, John Sanders on Word Balloon hates it with a passion. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very like it's very like almost like fantasy, like almost mystical in a way. Mm, right. Not even like like science fiction. But I just watched it because I I heard Pike was in it. Yeah. yeah. It's the only season I watched because you know I was like. But oh, didn't well, you I love it? Weren't, weren't you really hot on it? This I like. No, no, I like I like the actor. Okay. I really enjoyed the 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 actor that played Pike. I thought he did a really good job with it. And then when they said they're going to do spinoff, I was like, okay, well, as, as as hopefully it's not a lot of the same writers from Discovery. Mm. Um and it's and it's got Rebecca Stamos yeah. 
Rebecca Romjan, she's um, no longer a Stamos Rich. She was oh, divorced right, about sorry. 20 years ago. Well, I've, I've known her so long as Rebecca. She's uh, hot. Stamos or whatever. So. She's, uh, she's hot. She's still fucking hot, uh, frankly. She, she, <laughs> I'm sorry for a very played, basic uh, review out there, but look, she she still gets Dave's engines firing up all these years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, for she's sure. Still, she's, she's still a looker. Uh, she's playing number two. Good. Yeah. Sounds good to me. No, I'll check it out, man. I'll, I will check it out for sure. Um, I have tried with the Discovery, but I, I've told John Sumters on Webble, and I just can't do it. Uh, he's doing the Lord's work uh, for us there, Rich, because he's, he's bravely, what is, what is the saying, bravely exploring new worlds, where, frankly, I don't want to go. We're, and I'm happy to give a new show a chance, um, and if, if it's good, I'll keep watching. Because I've, I've liked a lot of Star Trek over the years. Like, Star Trek Next Generation, I've seen every episode. I fucking really enjoyed it. The original series, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's not like I hate Star Trek. I mean, I even enjoyed yeah. the first movie. Uh, the the uh, Whatever his name is. Uh, what's his name, Rich? Is it Christopher Pine? Is that his name? Is, Chris is, Pine. Chris Pine, yeah. So, Chris Pine, I enjoyed the first movie. And, obviously, I love Shatner. So... I've got a um, soft spot for Star Trek, but Discovery just wasn't for me. It just wasn't well, for me. Do, do you know how I watched most of that season? In on a, Fast Forward. In a dream? <laughs> so w- whenever Pike wasn't on... You just fast forward. I was literally just, I was literally just skipping. It feels like a lot of work. That feels like a hell of a you lot know. of work. No, I mean, not really. I mean, it skips for whatever. You know, you just keep hitting skip, skip, skip. to like that. And then as soon as I see Pike, I go, oh, stop. Was he, was he really that good? <laughs> like, how good is this guy? Like, Well, again, I just wanted to see his scene so I could get a... Feel, um, a feel for it. A, a feel of it. And, yeah. you know, because, again, it's not... He, he's the captain, but it's not his story. Yes. It's the it's the other shitty character's stories. Mm. Um, so, but I just wanted to see his scenes and just get a feel of... It's the same. I, I I did that now recently. I watched on YouTube. Um, what's his name? That was uh, on Legends of Tomorrow. That was um, what the guy uh, who uh, plays uh, Superman. Phase uh, is it Phazon? Uh, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Donald Donald Phazon, man, the guy that's playing Booster Gold in Legends of Tomorrow, the guy from Scrubs. Okay, right. I think that, I think that's his name. Okay. Uh, pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hilarious. That was a great build-up to a really bad review. <laughs> that was funny, man. So what, the guy was playing Booster Gold and he said he was pretty terrible. Well, no, he's funny. Right. He's kind of he's kind of just playing his character from Scrubs. Right. You know, Kirk, he's playing, you know, it's, it's just hilarious. like seeing Kirk, but it's not Booster Gold. Like, whatever he's doing, that's not Booster Gold. I actually, he, I saw that's, on that's a Facebook a really bad costume, which I couldn't believe was a costume. It looked really poor, and it was Booster Gold. Um, I don't know if it was an out-of-set, you know, like a sort of just like a set photo that wasn't special effects, but was his costume really bad, or was it good? He wasn't even wearing a costume. Oh, well, I saw something on Facebook which was that actor um, playing Booster Gold on set with what looked like a T-shirt that was the Booster Gold colour. It was really poor. It looked like a cycling shirt. It was really bad. I Oh, no, no. So in, in the in – the ep- I didn't watch the episode. I just watched the clip on YouTube. Right. Um, he's just in – he's in a golfing outfit because um, they find him when he's in – I think he's in the middle of World War Two or something, maybe World War One. Right. And he's just playing. And he's just playing golf. He freezes time, and then he's just playing golf through a war zone. Okay. And I'm just like, that's not something Booster Gold would do. 
Do you know what I mean? He's not a goofball. Booster Gold is a He's not. Are you kidding? I thought Booster no, no, Gold no, was no. all goofball. He, no, no, no. He's incompetent. Right. Right, but he's not goofy. He's he's a narcissist. Isn't he, though? He, I thought he's pretty goofy, man, from what I've seen. No, not that. No, when I say goofy, I'm like, he's not the sort of goofball that will, like, freeze time and yeah, play yeah. golf. In the middle in of the, the middle World of War One, that, That's in poor taste as well, can you I know, say. He, you know? he makes mistakes because he's narcissism. Yeah, it's egotistical right? and stuff, yeah? Very, yeah, because he wants to be the greatest. Yeah. You know, he wants to, like, you know, he wants to be the world-renowned superhero, the premier, you know what I mean? Yeah, in the and Just League, uh, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, so, I don't know. I just, I, I watched it, and I was just like, I love the actor, I loved him in Scrubs, but mm. yeah, it was not, whatever he was playing was not Booster Gold. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Well, I believe you, man. It sounds it sounds awful. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But we will watch... Strange New Worlds will at least give it two episodes. And if it two episodes it sucks, we might turn it off. But if it's a good show, we'll do Star Trek and Across the Universe with Dave and Rich and we'll cover it because fuck it, why not? It's about time Ooh, there's a good Star uh, Trek we, show. We, we, we can call it uh, To Boldly Go. To Boldly Go. Well done, Rich. And this is the reason we have you on Signal. I did enjoy your lead-up to, <laughs> to the review of that guy's performance. That was actually funny. Um, now... Big news, Amazon has officially closed its deal to acquire MGM after a regulatory lawsuit deadline expired. I think they paid, I want to say, I, saw, I thought I saw a figure of $8 billion. Maybe I'm misquoting that. It might have been $2 billion, but it was it was, it was was 2 to $8 billion. I forget exactly how much, but Amazon have acquired MGM, which obviously uh, the biggest asset is probably the James Bond franchise, would you say, Rich? Well, I thought they owned it already because the MGM channel was on the Amazon Prime. Well, I don't know, Rich. I'm just reporting the news. I, I don't have, a, you know, every single fucking fact. Um, oh, come on, Dave. <laughs> fuck me, man. Like, I don't know, man. But what? Yeah, they, they have, I don't know. They've acquired it now, so you can rest easy, Rich. Um, I love people who get really bent out of shape about these announcements. Like, like, unless I'm profiting from the deal, I just don't care. I'm just like, okay, good. You know, they've acquired MGM. All right, they've acquired James Bond. Okay. I mean, I haven't even watched the last two James Bond movies. Here we go. Ape, oh, look, Richard, I, I should give myself more credit than I do. They've, it was $8.5 acquisition. Mm. So there you go. I was right th first time. Amazon's MGM deal adds thousands of movies to Prime Video. Good. But see, my reaction is good. This is good for me. I, I'm loving this. You know, and um, I, I understand... I I thought they were already on there for an extra charge. Well, I don't know, Richard, but now you can get all the movies uh, there. It's the second largest acquisition for Amazon after purchasing Whole Foods. The purchase of the movie and TV studio behind iconic films like the James Bond franchise, Rocky, The Silence of Lambs, and Legally Blonde. Like, why would you mention Legally Blonde? Like, like really? Like, that's what we're all you waiting for? I the first Legally Blonde movie is actually pretty fun. I agree, it is, but it, but it was also like twenty years ago, Richard. Like it's like not like that's that hot a property on streaming, you know. Like anyway, whatever. It's been a quiet. But it was it was popular when it came out. Though. It was popular, Richard, but that was two decades ago, my friend. You know. Oh well, so was most of the shit on MGM. <laughs> <laughs> now here's some big news: Jaden Smith is preparing himself physically and mentally for a major role, says Will Smith. Oh my god! Like I'm, I'm on tender hooks. Who could Jaden Smith be playing? The big speculation 
is he's going to be playing Miles Morales, Richard. Are you, you know, do you... Uh, bo- I couldn't give a shit. Yeah, well, neither could I. Neither could I. And I, I think I speak for a lot of people. Jaden Smith, as an actor, I would describe as terrible. Am I, am I being unkind to Jaden Smith? Um, no. No, no he's poor. Uh, his best movie was Karate Kid Remake. That was the best movie he's been in. He's been in... Uh, like After Earth, what else? He was he he always like plays with his dad. Like he just lives in his dad's shadow and just siphons off him like you wouldn't well, believe. I don't know that that Karate Kid movie was terrible though. I mean, Jackie Chan was fine in it, but Jaden he was not good in that. He movie. wasn't so good, he was like, but but I'm saying that's he the was best he's been. And whining. Yeah, but I mean, if that's his best, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you you know what you should be doing? You're getting a lot closer to your microphone, man, because you're sounding like you're recording across right. the kitchen. I don't know what you're doing. I have it right in front of me, so I have to maybe adjust the... Yeah, it's okay. Rich is having a few microphone issues, but don't worry. I can hold the hold the team up. Um, yeah, no, Jaden Smith, uh, honestly, he's lucky his father is Will Smith, is all I can say for Jaden Smith. He's extremely lucky to be born into the right fucking family and have a very easy fucking ride through life. He can just appear in just shit like this, and, and his father's promoing and hyping it for him, like... Sure, his dad's you know cashed in a few checks, got him the role. If he's going to be Miles Morales, I guarantee you he's going to fall flat on his face. He, this guy cannot act his way out of a paper bag, frankly. Maybe, maybe he's been out of the spotlight taking like lessons, you know, like a yeah. like a montage of Alf acting classes. Yeah, and by the way, can I say you're now sounding a hell of a lot better, Rich? So whatever you just did, keep doing it. You've just you've just I literally, I literally, I literally just turned the microphone. Well, there you go. That, that, that must have been the answer. Now, we have Sam Raimi saying, I've always loved Batman. If I ever saw the bat signal up in the air, I'd come running. If I had that deep, gurgling laugh of the shadow coming from the darkness, I would also tentatively step outside. This was Sam Raimi talking about Batman and saying how he would like to be involved in the Batman franchise. Um, I mean, Sam Raimi, uh, I think he's a fantastic director. And I'm really looking forward to his Doctor Strange. And I don't give a shit about Doctor Strange, but I'm looking forward to that movie. Uh, gee, they could do a lot worse than giving the Batman to Sam Raimi at some point, I think. Well, actually, you know what? No, no, I don't know. Oh. I would oh. actually like to, I would like to see him do The Shadow. I'd like to see that too. Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd be cool. If yeah. I had to choose between another Batman movie or The Shadow, like an, a finally another Shadow movie, I would say, please, Raimi, do yeah, Shadow. Yeah, but that's because you're always against Batman. Always. Always no, it's just, it's just that I, I think we have enough Batman. That's what I, I mean. Like, we've I'm got one forward. shadow movie yeah, in the I last. <laughs> you know, when, when was the last shadow movie? Like in oh, 1990-ish or something. I don't know. Whenever Alec Baldwin did that movie, which I enjoyed at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And before that, you're looking back and really the radio days. You know, mm. like the uh, you know, I'm just saying, place. Batman's Batman's got enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, look, I'll be honest with you. I would like to see him do the Shadow, but if he was going to be do, doing Batman, I'd also line up because I, you know, with me with Batman, I do like a bit of Batman content. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking. Yeah, but I mean, but to be fair, especially with Sam Raimi, if you think about it, right? Mm. I just think the Shadow would be far more enjoyable because yeah. look at his stuff like um, Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, you know what no, I mean. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Because the shadow is a bit of a like a you know with that cackling laugh and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it, it's it, he's a bit more of a crazy character. Um, yeah, I, I love just the I don't show. know. I think I think Raimi could do a bit more with the shadow. He could he could take it, 
you know, up a notch. There's not too much you can do with Batman, you know what I mean, without yeah. breaking him. Yeah, no, I agree. No, if I had to choose between the two, I would choose the Shadow for Sam Raimi because I think he'd have a lot more freedom uh, to do his own thing because I think the Shadow is known to the old people <laughs> like ourselves and those older than us. But I think generations don't even know who the Shadow is, which gives actually gives you a lot of freedom in a weird way, you know? Yeah, and you can but really it's also sad people. that the yeah, it's also sad that the guy that like mm. helped pave the way for Batman, no one knows about. <laughs> or like, yeah, well, that goes that goes down to whoever. I, I I don't even know why the. I guess they did the Shadow movie, which I did enjoy. Um, but it feels to me like the Shadow. When I think of the Shadow, I think of the '30s and the '40s, and I think radio plays like Orson Welles and various other people doing the shadow you know like i I almost view him as a look i I quite enjoy the radio dramas from back in the day i I haven't listened to tons of it but i certainly have listened to some uh it's i love that stuff like when i go to bed at night i put gunsmoke on the radio show you know from back in the day because it's all on podcasts Mm. uh and um yeah no it's is is it michael conrad um i always get his name wrong uh the guy from jake and the fat man and um, it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, The Shadow is a great character. And you could do it. Like, that's the thing. You you could do a really good live-action or animated Shadow as well would also be interesting, I think. Um, you know, like, either one. You, I really love that laugh, though. And, like, uh, what was he saying, Rich? Who knows where evil lurks in the hearts of men? Was, it, was that what his saying was? Something like that. Something like that. The yeah. Shadow knows. The Shadow knows. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Well, it was um, just so interesting because when he becomes the shadow, he's actually like um, mentally changing his appearance. Right. Like his actual his actual uh, face changes. Like he has the bigger nose. Yeah. The 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 more like hawk nose, but that's like really? a mental projection that he does. Because you got to remember, the shadow's got mental uh, powers as well. It's pretty cool. You know, that's why he knows what evil lurks in the heart of men, and you know, that's how people. Uh, don't see him. It's almost like he is yeah. blocking he's like seeing a mi- him. Mist, isn't he? Is, is, isn't there kind of like a mist or something? No, no, no. no. What do you mean? He, he's no. basically got, he's he's basically got slight te- uh, telepathic powers. Okay, all right, cool. So when people are like seeing like his shadow and not him, that's it's him like fucking with their minds telepathically. It's pretty cool. Like it's pretty fucking cool when when yeah. you when you're pitching it to me now I'm like I'm like man I'd watch a fucking movie of the shadow like now I mean I feel like watching Alec Baldwin but I'd watch a new one like give it to Sam Raimi like why not and make it really dark because it's really dark it's kind of like Gotham City dark you know it's it's proper darkness and you know criminals and shit it's not this bullshit like happy fucking go lucky you know happy family family and then and don't forget you you got the shadow laughing while he's pumping bullets into people. Yeah, yeah, no, that I'm would be dark. It. that'd be fucking dark. It's fucking good to hear you backing something with a bit of darkness, Rich, because I, often you're always going for you're very G-rated. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good to hear you, you know, kind of backing something with a bit of darkness. No, I, no, I like darkness that's more centered in noir sort sure, of stuff. I sure. don't like I don't like dark stuff that's just dirty. If that makes sense, sure. like like scalped um, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a I fan of, like, dark and dirty. I'm just, I'm more a fan of if it's, like, a noir dark. I, I like, like, noir dark because it just has a, a style. It's got an aesthetic to it that, that makes it more, um, uh, takes it out of the realm of reality in a sense. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, 
Dude, all I can say is just the thought of uh, the shadow is uh, he's getting Dave excited. Uh, <laughs> you really, and it's, you, and, it's, and it's not even a thing. <laughs> it's not even happening. Yeah, it's just it's just Dave <laughs> fantasizing about something. Uh, there's a stupid story about this infamous Dark Souls hacker. He's now in Elden Ring. He apparently, says he wants to be caught. At the same time, we know his identity. So why can't we go and arrest this fucker? Um, he's going into people's games and getting them kicked off, Rich. But he's actually putting items that are only meant for the developers when they're playtesting into players' inventories, and then they're getting soft bans from from software or whoever runs the you know online element of Elden Ring and getting the players banned. So he's kind of fucking with people doubly. Like, he's breaking down their game, but he's also getting them banned. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, he's just one of these losers... Um, who's out there causing trouble. and, and But we know his identity. It's in the article I read. So is there a case to go and arrest this guy, Rich? Like, is it a crime what he's doing? Are you being a nuisance? I, I, I suppose it is, but I guess you have to still catch him in the crime. Well, I mean, he's done like, it to heaps of people. If, if, no, but if, if some guy walks into a police station and says, I murdered a person, sure. you don't just go, great, lock him up. We've got the guilty person. You still have to prove that right. they did it. So, I mean... He could also not be the guy, and he's just seeking attention, good point. and he's not really the person that's doing it. So yeah, you got you have to catch him doing it to to do anything. Anyway. And these days, there are a lot of attention whores out there, guys who just want to get in the news. You know, they have their five seconds oh, in the yeah. sun. There's a lot of those oh, kind sure. of tricks. I mean, I'm going to say it again, Frank Castle. Maybe go and put one through the kneecap and just a, a warning. You know, <laughs> is that? Am I going too far, Rich? Or you always. You always go too far, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if, let... you, if, if you weren't going too far, I'd be worried. I'd be like, who are you? What have you done with the real Dave? Uh, no, how about this? Norman Reedus, uh, fucking Daryl from Walking Dead, my favourite character on Walking Dead since Rick and uh, Michonne left, has suffered a concussion while on set of Walking Dead, delaying the filming of the show's final moments. Um a bit of background. No. Yes. Introduced in the first half of season one, Reedus' character Daryl Dixon became a mainstay in Walking Dead. His popularity leading Reedus to take over as one of the show leads following Andrew Lincoln's departure as Rick. Thanks to his character status as a fan favourite and also he's an original for the show, never been in the comics, Reedus will reprise the role of Daryl in a spin-off alongside fellow The Walking Dead longtime survivor Carol, played by Melissa McBride. Now, he... It's a slight concussion. He's okay. He's just recovering. Um, he's perfectly, you know, he's okay. He's passed the concussion tests. They're just giving him a bit of time um, to recover so they can film the final scenes, which obviously must be fairly action-packed for this to happen. Um, the Walking Dead season level consists of 24 episodes split into three parts. Right now we're in the latter half of the second part. Uh, the second part is now airing. We'll see its eight-episode run end on April 10. The final eight episodes of the show were released later in 2022. I can say this, this season has actually been pretty good. Actually pretty good. Michelle and I have been watching it. It's the best season in ages. In ages. I'd give it like a 7 to 7.5 out of 10. Which maybe they finally went out and hired better writers. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. They're just punching up a bit more. Just I don't know. It just, it just feels a bit less dreary. There's a bit of a storyline. You know, which is always a help with a fucking show to have a bit of a storyline. Um, it does help, yes. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see what happens. But God bless Norman Reedus, and I know some people are saying he should still play the writer. I know Brian Biggie in Inner Demons isn't a fan 
I'd have him. If they want to sign up, Regis, please, let's close the deal. I'll take it. A one-movie picture. Better option. A oh, one, yeah. actually, no. No, no, hang on. Sorry. I would love to see uh, Norman Reedus play the devil in uh, Ghost Rider. Mephisto, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay, maybe. I mean... That, yeah. that would be something cool and new for him. I just think, you know, give him give him a chance to not just be the... Um, the, the strong, silent sort of, you know, sort of guy. I'd love to see him go, you know, go have some fun with it, man. Like, you're always so, like, reserved. Because do you remember he's in uh, Blade 2? Yes. And, he's in and, Bo- and he Bo- plays, Bo- like, that kind of junky guy and he's yes. very, like, high energy. Yeah. I've not seen Norman Reedus like that in <laughs> 20 years. No, neither have I. I no. just I want to see him do something a bit different. Like, I-, I just think if he plays Ghost Rider, it's just an extension of this. Daryl um, Dixon. Of this character that he's playing, let let him do something different. I'd love to see him maybe play the the devil who, you know, convinces Johnny to give up his soul and and sort of is the villain of the movie or whatever. I I'd, I'd prefer to see that than him play. The do you right. think he could top Peter Fonda in the Nick Cage movie? Oh, just yes. sign there, please. Yes, and he signs. I didn't. I didn't think he was that good, honestly. He wasn't that good, Richard. I'm being ironic. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> when he was, I like, wasn't sure. I just, thought you actually. I, I do. I look. I, I personally enjoy the performance, but it is cheesy. Look, he's just say that. Oh yes, yes, and he like takes the pen off him. Like you know, that's that's his biggest scene. <laughs> and I don't know, man. Like um. I wouldn't mind him doing a one picture deal as Johnny Blaze, and then he hands the keys over to Danny Ketch or um, Robbie Reyes. That's just me, though. No, the, I'd prefer to have the real Ghost Rider, thanks. Johnny Blaze? Yeah, of course. The yeah. one and only. Well, Danny Ketch is pretty popular, too, you know. Nah. Oh, there's a lot of Danny Ketch fans out there. I, I personally prefer Blaze because I only became a fan of it with the Ghost Rider movie. I was at your house, remember? And, and we saw it. I was like, this looks pretty good. And I was, I was feeling it. I was like, man, this looks pretty good. What's this? And then I became just a massive Ghost Rider fan. Um, now, yes, I believe that is how it happened. <laughs> that is how it happened, man. And I was, I was, I was excited. Now, uh, the Harley Quinn co-creator Patrick Shoemaker reveals that James Gunn is set to play himself in season three of the hit animated series Harley Quinn. Um, I'm sure that you're just beside yourself with excitement, Rich. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was trying to stay awake while you were Yeah, reading. I know you are not a fan of James Gunn and especially James Gunn playing himself in the Harley Quinn TV show. I don't give, yeah, I was going to say, that's like a triple, like, <laughs> couldn't give a fuck sandwich, you know? <laughs> when I read that, I was like, wow, Rich is really going to hate this story. Like, <laughs> I don't hate it. I nothing, I nothing it. it yeah, doesn't, that's true. You now, know. you've got it a... Elicits, it yeah. no response from me. You've got an update on what's happening. Irredeemable is being filmed. What's happening, Rich? Oh, yeah. Hang on. That should have been a space there. So it says Netflix is teaming up with the Harder They Fall director, Jamie's Samuel, mm. for a film adaptation of Irredeemable and Incorruptible. Well, I enjoyed both of those comics, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a film in there for them. For sure. There's a, there's a good story there. Um, do I mean, you 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 have to you've got to start with irredeemable first. I mean, see yes. how that goes, and then maybe do an incorruptible if it if it gets. Because remember, they uh, Netflix they really like fucked up the um, Jupiter's legacy. They did, yeah, they did. They, yeah. Uh, I don't think they supported that enough. I I actually think that should have been another season. You know? Oh, I, I think so. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, those involved with the production of the Morbius movie said 
They got really scared for Jared Leto. He really commits. You have to watch out for it. And the highest compliment I could pay is that it felt strange to call him Jared after production. I am so sick of Jared Leto and his method acting. It's ridiculous. Well, they, people were saying the same thing about his Joker. Uh, they were they like, were. oh, he stayed in character as the Joker and he was leaving. Like, didn't there wasn't the one story condoms. that he left the condoms. dead rat for. Yeah, and used condoms. Um, yeah. So, just a fucking yeah. idiot. Like, like really? Like, really? Like, I, I, think, I think it's just an excuse to be an arsehole. <laughs> I just think he just enjoys being edgy. He's probably on a lot of drugs. You know what I mean? Like he he probably is half wasted half the time. He thinks he's he thinks he's Marlon Brando reincarnate. He's not. He's a poor actor. Uh, he's a, he calls himself a method actor. I'd call him a stunt actor. You know? Um, he, I don't know. Has he ever heard about punching a line? That's all it takes. Punching a line. You know, remembering your lines, saying them in a coherent fashion, acting the scene. You don't need. Didn't he get? Didn't he? Didn't he get nominated or something for Dallas Buyers Club or something? He did, I think. Yeah, I think he did. And like, I mean, they were saying that about his minute. And I mean, but he do, he does seem to like really like. There was that one thing where he was playing a whistleblower. No, 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 not a whistleblower. So he was playing the guy that shot John Lennon, I think. Yes. Yeah. And he put on a massive amount of weight for that role. Yeah, playing. I, that, that's too sad for me to even watch. I wouldn't want to watch that. You know. No, no, but my I point is he got he got fat. Like, he got... Eh, so what? He like, ballooned out. But I'm just saying, that that's just crazy to me that you would like, no, nah, why don't we just go get a fat actor? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, garbage. It's ridiculous. Like, and look, I am sort of slightly excited for the movie. Like, I am looking forward to Morbius. But, like, frankly, you don't need to method act to play a fucking vampire character. It's so cheesy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fucking cheesy. And, like, it's a vampire. We get it. It's not the world's most complicated fucking character. But, again, I, I'm interested to see it because I um, I do like movies and, and stuff where vampires are more monstrous. Sure. You know, um, like, have you seen that movie, uh, which is based on the comic, uh, 30 Days of Night? Yeah, hell yeah. You know, I, I like it when they're not, like, the, you know, I like it when they're not the glam you know, or romanticized, uh, which is the yeah, other like version. That, that, you know? Yeah, that like, oh my god, you know, I'm so, I'm so tortured. I'm a vampire. I'm like, I, I, no, I, I like, like that. I like that. You don't. I like that. But Thirty Days no, of Night, I like. Good. I like them to be. I like them to be monsters. You know what I mean? Like the Thirty strain... Days of Night, they're animalistic, basically. In Thirty Days of Night, they're animals. You know? Yeah. Well, they don't just have the two fangs. Like the entire fucking set of teeth, mm. or like shark's teeth. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Um, it's very good, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was good stuff, man. Like, that was, I mean, God time flies. That was a while ago now. Now, um, the CW's uh, Walker has has a prequel series called Walker Independence, a pilot that, that it has the former Arrow star. She was also in Legends of Tomorrow. The blonde girl, who I played one of the Canaries, I, I don't know which one, but she was also in... Legends of Tomorrow, she's playing an ancestor of Walker, Texas Ranger, played by Jared Padalecki, in this thing set in the 1800s. So they're really, really spinning it off, man. And it's the same character she played... Uh, sorry, not the same character. The same actress played a character in Walker, Texas Ranger. But she's playing an ancestor of that character, who happens to be played by her herself. So there you go. But she's obviously not a, But she's obviously not a, a Walker. I don't know. I, I I do not know. Maybe she is. I don't know. 
I, I well, don't I don't think in the eighteen hundreds women kept their last name if they're married. Well, I, I, the answer to that question, I don't know, Richard. You'd have to watch the show to find that out. Um, but I don't. I don't think I will. <laughs> you know what? I just watched an episode of the old Chuck Norris yeah, uh, yeah. Walker Texas Ranger the other day. It happened to be on TV, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, this is the shit!" Yeah. Like this is the well, Michelle and the I, Walker. Michelle and I watched the new Walker because she liked the old Walker, and we both love Supernatural, so we're sort of watching it out of a bit of loyalty. So let me ask Jared you this: Pedalec- How many how many roundhouse kicks does Jared Padalecki do? He's nothing like it. Here. So far, so far, zero. So far, it's nowhere. Yeah, no, sorry, then, it, then it's a fail. No, so fail. far, so far, it's nowhere near as good as the Chuck Norris version, which which I enjoyed as a guilty pleasure. If you want to call it that, back in the nineties, like I, I certainly watched my fair share of it back in the day. A lot of it's stoned. I mean, think, think about it, right? Mm. This to me, this Walker Texas Ranger they're doing now to me just feel like feels like a poor man's justified. Because the yeah. thing that set Walker Texas Ranger apart is literally a cowboy that's kicking the shit out of people with karate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it different and unique. You doing this Walker where you're trying to do it more realistic, yeah. it's just a poor man's justified. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Like, you know, don't get the knives out too much, Rich. Like, it's not too fucking bad. Like, Excuse me, Pedal- I, will, I, will, I will put my knives where I'm gonna, I feel. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stick up a bit for Supernatural uh, alumni, Jared Padalecki here. Um, it's not too bad, man. I mean, you're not going to hear me bad mouthing it, but uh, is it fantastic? No. And should it probably have a prequel set in the 1800s? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! Like, why not set one in the future in space? That would probably be better. Um, now, you've got Moon, some... hey, wait, 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 Moonwalker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, well, well done, Rich. Well done. Now, what have you got here? You've got something about Zach Braff, and what, well, what's going I was... on? I found this news because I was looking up the, um, uh, as I said, the Donald um, Faison yeah. thing. And now, obviously, you know that Zach Braff and Donald Faison played the two best friends. In Barry Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah, I know. I do know that. Yeah. Yes. They did jerk. So anyway, actor Zach Braff has heard DC's Legends of Tomorrow fans, mm. and he's open to playing Blue Beetle alongside former co-star Donald Faison's Booster Gold. In an interview with Slash Film, the Scrubs actor discussed the possibility of reuniting with Faison in the Arrowverse. Listen, this keeps coming up, and I don't want to tell you, and I don't want to tell all the followers I'm down to play. I, I want to tell all the followers I'm down to play Ted Cord, said Braff. Whoever owns the property, it's DC, right? Probably part of the Belantiverse. He's one of the first people who ever hired me. But yeah, Donald said that everyone is saying that I should play Ted Cord. I don't follow comics. I'm sorry. I know people love them. I don't know anything about it. But yes, I'm here to announce that whoever owns the property, I'm down to play Ted Cord. That is slightly at least, it, at least he's honest that he's like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean... But like, I'll, I'll do it. But Jesus Christ, I hate this kind of shit. Like, because their buddy... Like, it'll probably happen because their buddy's on the fucking show and supposedly best friends are, you know... Suddenly, they've got to play it as Booster Gold and whoever, Blue Beetle. I mean, honestly, this is playing the lowest common denominator. Nominator. Yeah, but it's just sad. Can I be honest with you? It's Legends of Tomorrow, so it's not it exactly. Is. It's not. It's not real comic shit. The, anyway. the stakes are so low; they almost couldn't be lower. You know what I mean? The I mean, stakes. I don't. Do those people even run around in costumes in Legends of Tomorrow, or do they just run around in normal? Costumes? Uh, when I've watched, we used to watch it, and it was okay for a couple of seasons to watch. They did have costumes that were sort of more utilitarian no, I, costumes. They, they started off as costumes, but every time I see a clip of it, they all just run around in normal clothes now. So, yeah, well, I haven't watched it in seasons, but 
I'm not looking forward to it, and I think that it's just sad and pathetic. Like, where they, it's not much different to Smallville, and people used to give Smallville shit for this. It's pretty similar. That's where the CW shows have gotten to. I think they need to scrap the whole thing and start again oh, yeah, and make it, make it way more fucking dark and make it, make it way more adult and make it way more cool, you know? It's just so cheesy and shit. And, mm-hmm. and they're successful, I guess. Everyone's made a lot of money, so it's it's a success. And they're just going to spin it and spin it and spin it until... Yeah, but, I mean, Le- Legends has become like a typical CW show. I'm sorry. Oh, like, it's just so fucking... It's so CW now. I've heard uh, that Superman and Lois uh, from uh, Connor and Ray has really gone down the CW route big time yeah, yeah. in season two. Are you See, watching it, Rich? It's, it's the, no, it's the, it's the bait and switch. It's the same. They did it with The Flash. They did it with Legends. They did it with, you know, like, it's what they do is they get you in. They 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 make it seem a bit more superhero-ish, you yeah. know, like it's supposed to. And then after a season or two, they just go, right, flip the switch. It's now a CW show. It's all about the relationships. It's all about oh, the drama and the fucking, it's like, oh, my God, I can't stand it. Yeah, I, look, there's just something about it that... It, I, I'm here for the adventure of the week, goddammit. Yeah. I'm not interested in who's fucking who and who's betrayed, you know, who's sleeping look, with Look, I honestly, I honestly prefer who. Smallville to all of them. Really, I do. I, Smallville, I'm not saying it's a perfect show, but I prefer that, you know? No, but, but Smallville was upfront with what it was from the start. Yeah, it was. They said, this is not, this is not a... In fact, Smallville became more superhero. As it went on, it tests. It, they they basically said this is a teen drama show. Yeah, right. It's it's it, you know yes he'll use his powers, but it's about the it, it's about the people. It's about the relationships. It's about how difficult it is you know high school. You got powers. Blah blah blah. But as that show went on for the years, they just delved more and more and more into, and it just became more and more. When I say absurd, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean no. it's absurd in that the shit that he was getting up to. Yeah. Um. But CW does the opposite route. CW, they start off superhero and then they just become more drama based as they go on. Yeah, pass from me. Um, Marvel had a secret invasion one shot or miniseries that was going to launch and it's been delayed because apparently I think the show may have been just pushed back on the schedule. So they want the, at least they've got the brains to work that out that you want the comic coming out when the show comes out. Like at least they managed to work that out after 20 years. Um, well done. Yeah, finally, fuck. Uh, did it take the marketing intern to give them that bolt of lightning? Like, these are the same idiots who killed Doctor Strange as the movie's about to launch, you know? These are yeah. the same morons. Well, they do, that, they, they do it all the time, man. I mean, oh, they're idiots. at the height of the popularity of, of the Avengers yeah. in the Marvel Universe, they replaced Thor, they replaced yeah. Iron Man, yep. Yep. they replaced Captain America. I'm sorry, they, this is what they do. They're notorious for doing that. And not there's no one in senior editorial who has the balls to say, no, we need to have X and X and X and X in the team right now when all the eyeballs in the world are on the Avengers. It will never be more primed, you know? Uh, they fail again and again to have any form of synergy where it makes me think they're uninterested in synergy. They don't understand synergy, which is so weird because they work for Disney, who are all about it, you, you know? You know what? I, I actually thought about this the other day. I think, yeah, I, I believe that there is no communication between... Mm. the the movie and tvs right and the comics mm. when they go like oh my god they the the new doctor strange movie is coming out i believe the people in marvel go like, oh my god it's going to be so popular this is the time now now we can put a woman as doctor strange <laughs> 
And when people go to go get a Doctor Strange thing, it'll be, a, you know, it, it, it'll be a check. And I, I honestly believe that's they what they fail. do. They just fail again and again with this kind of shit. Like, I don't I don't even want to get into the topic because <clears throat> I, don't, I don't want to make it a rant. But just their lack of understanding of the market and of the marketing opportunities, it just it boggles my mind how kind of stupid they are because I don't feel I'm a genius, but I feel I could I could follow these trends a bit better. Uh, and it doesn't take a genius, but they're they're ruled by a committee of idiots. It seems, you know. Well, uh, you, you know the meme about like the dog sitting in the coffee shop and it's all on fire, and he goes, "This is fine." Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I feel like the comic book industry is, honestly. No, I could probably agree with you there, Rich. Anyway, whatever. We're not going to solve their problems, and, and basically fuck them if they if they can't solve. No, their I problems, don't. I don't care to solve their problems. They're saving me a lot of money now, anyway. Yeah, so they've you know. successfully managed to divorce ourselves from caring. There's a massive event coming up called Judgment Day, which apparently is going to impact on just everything in the Marvel universe for ages. Avengers, X Men. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. It's the same thing as last month, but it's a massive event. It's Avengers, X Men, and I think they even threw in Eternals in there. And I was like, well, no one cares about What's the Eternals. Yeah. But, but Avengers and X-Men, so it's going to be big um, and it's going to all tie into the X-Men uh, being immortal and the Avengers, whatever's been happening in the Avengers. Could be good. Uh, we'll definitely cover a bit of it on the show. If, if it's any good, if it's any better than the normal shit they've been pumping out in events, uh, we might delve a bit deeper, but let's wait and see. But it's called Judgment Day, Rich. The same title as the fantastic Judge Dredd uh, story that we did. And I'm sure it'll be nowhere near as good as that story. Um, no win, no win, no win here. But anyway, shopping with the gang—a very, very light week. Uh, by the way, my No Man's Land omnibus is 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 making its way to me, and Superman Batman omnibus uh, came out this week. Omnibus two. I am collecting it, Rich. I know we had that conversation, and we said, I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I need it. Uh, now, next week coming out, Rogues One. I want to cover this on the show. Uh, Joshua Williamson uh, doing the Flash Rogues, and he's doing it on Black Label, and it's kind of like a heist drama set like 10 years in the future, Rich, with all the Flash Rogues. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it's going to be pretty good. He was talking about it on John Suntress's Word Balloon, and it sounded pretty interesting. He's also doing the Justice League 75 issue, which will be the next issue of Justice League with the death of Justice League, which we'll also do. Pretty interesting creator, I think, Joshua Williamson. I tend to like his stuff. Um Definitely, we will cover Rogues One next week. Also, we have Demons, one from Scott Snyder, which was one of his Amazon and Comixology comics. Uh, he's got the deal at Dark Horse to publish them, and the first issue of that comes out. You recall, Rich, we actually did do the first issue of it when it came out on Amazon, you know, about a month ago. Uh, we were fairly underwhelmed from memory. Yes, I was certainly yeah. very underwhelmed. Yes, but I, I, I just thought it was pretty... Worth, yeah. It was pretty bog standard, cliched yeah. crap. There was nothing original in that, pretty much at all. No, it was it was it was kind of like comics for the sake of comics. Is is how I put it. Sometimes you know, like you're looking for content like to read uh, between you know stop A and B on your train journey. <laughs> it, it almost yeah, should be yeah. the it almost you know what it almost should be in the newspaper in the strip section where you would just read it and you'd be like, yeah, cool, you know. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, back in the day, we had good strips like The Phantom and stuff like that, you know, which were actually cool to read. Um, oh, hells yes. Yeah. Oh, hells yes. Yes. Now, we have weekly comics. Uh, I, I, would much, I would much rather read even like the Prince Valiant sure. comic strips well. than this shit. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. But 
I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly fucking wanting to read Prince Valiant, whatever that is, Richard. I mean, I I have heard of it. Um, oh, by the way, I meant to sorry. I meant to tell you this. There's a game coming out that I think you're gonna you're gonna like. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. It's called Evil West. No, I haven't heard of it. What What's the storyline? It's basically like a third person shooter game where mm. you play a cowboy uh, shooting the shit out of demons. Sounds cool already. Yeah. Okay. You know, so uh, check, check it out. I, is I, this I on consoles? This consoles? Yeah, yeah. It's on, it's on consoles. It's called Evil West. Okay. Coming soon? I can't remember when it's coming out. Let's, let's have a look for this because that does sound good. You know, oh, I love it. I think it's only coming out. I think it's coming out towards the end of the year, unfortunately. Oh, that gives me time to finish Elden Ring and, you know, get over that and, you know, it'd be nice to have something to Evil West. Yeah, release date. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Sometime in 2021. Sounds good to me. I'm, I'm available. No, no, no. That's when, the, that's when the trailer... Oh, no, you mean 2022. 2022, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. I know the game got announced in 2021. It was, it, it was meant to come out in 2021, then it was delayed. So, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the idea of it sounds cool. I, you, you know I love my Westerns, man. Then you and throw, I know you love your demons. I do love my demons and <laughs> zombies and all that kind of stuff. Things that go yeah. bump in the night, Rich. Oh, Nickelodeon, sell you. 
Mr. Weekly Comics. Um, Bat- Let's do it. Batman, Superman, World's Finest. This was Dan Moore on art, Mark Wade, uh, coming in to try to rehabilitate the franchise. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I felt like I wanted more. Uh, this is just the start. Do you think Mark Wade? I thought he showed this was, I felt this was a good comic. Just an introductory issue. Eight out of ten for me. I'm not going to go crazy on it. I felt it had promise. What do you think, Rich? Yes and no. Um, yes, the writing was fine. Um, I really liked the interaction between the characters. Yes. You know, this this felt a bit more um, classic. Yeah. Like how it's supposed to feel. Yeah, exactly. My only issue is I'm just getting a bit tired of the Superman being the punching bag for, like, all these stories. <laughs> right. Like, 
you know what I mean? It's again, uh, some things happen to Superman and stuff to Batman to like, you know. I mean, I do like that they they brought in the Doom Patrol and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just, you know, this whole either Superman going evil or losing control of his powers or. You know, being poisoned by fucking kryptonite. It's no, but just these are all tribes. Like... But these are all tribes, dude. That are going to happen. I know, I know. But that's what I'm saying. That's the only negative thing I can say about it is that it's just it's another trope story. Yeah. But I do like that he's bringing in other characters like Doom Patrol. Like he's not yeah. just like confining yeah. it to Batman and Superman. So uh, it's a good it's, it's a good first issue. Um, in terms of like, it feels a bit more classical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Which is what it, it feels want. like comics that that you read like ten, fifteen years ago, in a yes, sense. You know, yes. like before the, um, before the Great Purge of fifty two. Mm. You know what it felt like? Um, it felt like a mid tier Batman Superman story from the two thousands, and I mean that as a compliment, really. It no, felt, you know, Batman felt like that was an, an interesting Batman. It wasn't too dark, too depressing, too. Yeah. You know, uh, morbid. Um, then Robin, I thought the Robin was handled very well. Mm. Um, again, I, when Wade is on form, is on form. Like Wade yeah, knows how to write sure. good dialogue. He knows how to do characterization. It's just that Wade needs to get out of his own way a lot of the times. And I think if he can stay out of his own way with this, I think this could be a good. Um, I think he's a very mini series, maxi series, or is this an actual series? It's a real series ongoing. I, I just okay. hope that I hope that the they pay attention to not just the weekly monthly sales pay attention to the trade sales as well because I think this will do very well I think because I, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that he's to tell the story he's gone back in the past yeah I noticed and I don't mind that no no and and but I think the reason he's done that is because he's like I want to write these characters like they were in the past like yeah I don't want to write the the modern versions of these. Characters. This should be a love letter. You know, this should be a love letter to the period uh, that of time he's talking about. Like, there's such a lot of opportunity here. I think this is. We know Mark Wade was basically kept out of DC and off the Superman titles for you know half a you know a decade and a half or whatever. But he's back. Uh, I just hope that, as you say, he gets out of his own way, tells good stories. My fingers are crossed. I'm hoping for something really quite good. Um, I'm going to keep reading this title. I'm going to support it in hardcover as long as it's good, and I'm sure it will be. I love my Batman Superman. I, I enjoy the uh, Williamson Batman Superman that I've got here. Um, I love my World's Finest. I, I think they're the two best characters at DC. Um, you know, please feed it to me. And, and right now, I feel this feels... You know, we're talking about the second omnibus of Batman Superman or Superman Batman, and I said, is it worth getting? He said, there are some highs and lows, but overall, Yes. I feel that this is one that would belong in the second omnibus, as in it's not the top tier, but it's comfortably mid tier, you know. And I'm hoping that Wade can well, you know, I rise mean, the bar. It could be top. It, it could be top tier. It's only the could. first issue. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. He could he could raise it. Um, eight out of ten for me. What are you giving it, Rich? Seven point five. Okay. Then we had Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Forgot and miss, Richard. When will I learn my fucking lesson with these Assassin's Creed comics? This was. No, I'll be honest with you. I forgot to read this one, but well, from the sounds of it, I'm glad I did. You <laughs> missed nothing. Unremarkable and boring. I don't know why they can't do stories from the normal game, which is all I want. I want a story of a Viking in Assassin's Creed. Is it really that hard? 
I mean, I've played... I feel like I could easily write a fucking comic of Assassin's Creed just doing some of my adventures. Like, I really actually firmly believe that. I've played hundreds of hours of Assassin's Creed, close to 350 hours of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I could write a better comic in my sleep than this. This was boring. Uh, It's all about Valhalla for some reason. I don't even understand why. I, I know it's supposed to be a prelude to the fucking expansion downloadable pack. Fuck that. Give me a storyline set in England in the Viking world. That's all I want. You know, and this was... This was really... I'm being generous in giving this 5.5 out of 10 because the art's okay. You know, it's very boring um, telling a story about Balder and blah, blah, blah. It just goes on and on. And the whole time I was thinking, why did I choose this? Why, once again, did David decide that they're finally going to get the Assassin's Creed comics right. They didn't. They got it completely wrong, Richard. And I was not happy. Well, you see, there's this weird, like, uh, sort of circular thing, right? So when they do mo- games based on movies, they generally suck. Yes. And when and when they do comics based on games, they usually suck. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you, you, I think you're right. And I always think, though, you know, the older I get, the more I think that there should be a lot more uh, sort of opportunities for comics because, let's face it, we all know superhero comics are kind of dwindling, you know? Uh, these games, a lot of these games have more lore in them, sort of, you know, and when I say lore, I mean storytelling opportunities. You have so many storytelling opportunities just inside the normal game of Assassin's Creed. Valhalla. There's so many fucking side missions, and you could so easily do a comic. You know, like it wouldn't be hard. But it's, yeah, but you know. I, I don't think no. I, okay, I'll be honest with you. The problem is, is I think that the the comics never going to live up to the game, right? Mm. Because unless you get like one of the best artists in the world yeah. to like come in and give you top notch shit, I find novels yeah. work better probably um, right. as yeah. add on as add ons to games. Yeah, you're probably right. Because yeah. when you read in the novel, you can picture the game in your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. use the game in your head and you picture it all. You know, that's what I did. Like, uh, I read all the Warcraft novels, mm. uh, the World of Warcraft novels. And the whole time, you're just basically picturing, like, the characters and the and the the, the game, like, yeah. uh, zones and kingdoms. And, and, but it's all there. You, don't, you barely even have to use your imagination. The problem with the comic book is it's never going to look as good as the game. Yeah, I suppose you know, but like they could do better than this, man. Like, like the yeah, art, but again, the with it, with a novel, you can go more into like the 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 story. You can go more into like characters' thoughts and yeah. and setting. I just, I don't know. I think novels work better for video games than comics. I don't I don't think I've ever read a a comic that really lives up to the game. Did you ever read? I think you're right. Um, I can't think of any. And we've done a few on the signal because I constantly fall into this trap. I thought the cyberpunk one was okay. Um, I thought the Cyberpunk uh, 2077 one was okay uh, that we did because I, I thought it just it, it, it focused on the trauma team. So it just, it just selected something out of the whole game because the game is massive, you know. Just select a piece of the game and do a comic on that. Like just that's all. That's all. I honestly think that's all some of the game people want. Instead, they do these bullshit prequels to a downloadable, you know, expansion pack. And it's like... Please, really, like we don't want this. We don't want the big story moments revealed. Give us a give us a snapshot of something in the game. Give me a story of the of my character doing something in the game. 
Like, g- give me a dungeon raid. Give me something like that. Like, I don't know. They they just go about it the wrong way. Did you ever read the Dragon Age comics, Richard? Because I know that they were quite popular for a while. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't enjoy them. You did? I didn't. I didn't. No. Okay. I, tro- I, I bought comics on the Dragon Age. I bought comics on Mass Effect. Yeah. And they were none of them were as good as the novels. Okay. Well, no, the, no- I- the novels beat them by like a million miles. Yeah. No, I, I fully believe you, man. I like I've I've rarely ever read a comic from these games. We've done a few on the show, and I'm constantly disappointed. So I, I'm I'm going to learn my lesson. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to put another Assassin's Creed comic in the show notes until I actually read one that's actually any good. Because I've been burnt well, multiple I, times now. As, as someone who's a massive gamer, and obviously I, I read a lot as well, mm. I've got so many novels based on games, man. I've got novels from the Gears of War, yeah. from World of Warcraft, from Dragon Age. I've got Mass Effect novels. And they're you know better, I mean? yeah. And all of them have been so good. Okay, like, well. they've just been so much more enjoyable. Because, one, it's also bigger and chunkier. You're getting more. Yeah. You know, you're, you're delving into more of the world, and you're getting more stories from that world, whether it be prequel stuff or just lore stuff and all that. And because it's a nice novel, you know what I mean, you're just you're spending time in it. I just think of comics, too. You flip through it, and you're done. It's just not the – Yeah. It's not quite the same. No, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I think you're on the 100% the right page there, Rich. And um, then we come to X Lives of Wolverine. Uh, look, uh, number five, nice to see some actual proper fights and some plot development in this issue and a good fight between Omega Red and Wolverine. I'm giving this 7.5 out of 10. This event is slowly growing on me. What did you think, Richard? I was still as bored as I was the first time I read the first issue. <laughs> wow. So you're still struggling through? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just don't, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not getting it. I'm not feeling it. Mm. Um, it, it all just feels also so rushed. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like in general, I'm not saying every comic, but I just feel like in like the nineties and, and stuff and all that, like in in the eighties, I just feel like the, the comics had better pacing with their stories. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it never felt too long or too short. Like if you, I don't know, I always felt like I got just the right amount of time for like a story over, uh, but, but this stuff, I just feel like. I just feel like nothing's really happened. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's a common criticism I have, especially of Marvel Comics. Um, I agree. It's it's weird. It's decompressed in a in a way, but it's also it's a little. I, I feel that the storylines are very thin. If you know what I mean, like I I feel like maybe they well, should have put in more you, depth. You say it's compressed storytelling, but decompressed. then it's also spread out. No, no I'm saying oh, it's decompressed. Say- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like the story is like two, three issues long, no, and no, they're like, "No, nah, got to get." It's too decompressed, is what I'm saying. And and we all know that, like Bendis, Bendis at least in his glory days, I think he did decompress too much. But here we're decompressing a very thin story concept, you know, and it, it's overly long as an event. I will say that. No, that's my point. Like, I feel like this is a, it's a short story that they've, that they're spreading out over seven, eight issues. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I've read seven issues and I still don't feel like anything's really happened. Yeah. No, I hear, man. I I don't think you're wrong. I think you're probably 100% right, actually. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Is is there a a fairly cool fight scene at the end with Omega Red and, Mm. and Wolverine? Yeah. I mean, it's over pretty quickly as well. Yeah. There's, there's no splash pages either. My God, if this was the 90s, 
and yeah. you had fucking like Jim Lee or or someone working on it, there would have been a massive splash page of the two of them going at it. Yeah. Um, in, in there, there's no even a splash page of action, and it's supposed to be like this big visceral fight, and yet there's no big panels like really showing off the fight. And I'm just like, what is happening? What happened to? Where's the good artist that? That like go, oh my god, I'm gonna get a fight scene between Wolverine and Omega Red. I'm gonna do a massive fucking, you know, splash page of the two of them at each other's throats. Mm. Yeah. To like show off like how big and epic the fight is. But it's not. It's just the regular panels. Mm. And I just went, this this is a very it's a very watered down fight. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, is there like blood and like he puts his foot Yeah, yeah, it's like but it didn't feel big because the panels yeah. were small. No, I agree. You know, there uh, were no overly yeah. sized panels, so I don't know. I, I, I give this a five point five, honestly. Like, okay. It's just, yeah. It's so no. it's just meh. It's there. It happened. <laughs> yeah. No. I look. I don't think you're wrong. And, and like, I, I wanted. Look, I'm I'm enjoying it for what it is, but I'm also. I think what I've got is reduced expectations now. I think they've sort of, <laughs> well, you've, you've, you've lowered your expectations so it at least meets. The, I, I, I really, I really do believe that. I, I be, that's honestly what I feel like I've done. I feel as if I've gone. This really isn't that good um, as an event, but I'm sort of I'm cutting it a break because I just feel like maybe I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, is it as an event? I, also, I don't understand why they had to have two separate titles called X Lives and X Deaths. Um, I, I just think that was a marketing gimmick to try to make it seem cooler than it actually was. You know, I don't feel this actually deserved to be split over two separate titles. I think there are some interesting concepts. I think the final image is cool with the Phalanx Wolverine fighting, the kind of cybernetic one fighting against all the other Wolverines. I thought that was a cool image to finish it off. Um, There's some cool ideas in it. Like, I think you could cut it in half and take out some of the fluff. You... Sorry, you just said something and it made me think. I know why they did this. Mm. This thing was here was just to take Wolverine off the board for the other comic. Yeah. Right. That's why the story doesn't feel that like important or eventful or like big. I think this one, it doubles your sales. Yes, yeah. Right. Marketing, yeah. But two, it it, it 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 keeps Wolverine off the board while the shit's happening with Phalanx Phalanx Wolverine. Yeah, and and Moira in the other comic because otherwise you'd be wondering where's Wolverine. Yeah, but you could have told the story like you could have told the storyline in one comic and just cut between the two scenes, like you know. No, but then, but, but as I said, but then you don't double your you don't double your money. So yeah, I agreed. Yeah, like the whole thing is overly long. Uh, you know, I'm oh, gonna... what would they call it? Double double dipping. They're double dipping. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and they're trying to make it seem bigger than what it is. I mean. I'm going to give it a seven. I'm actually downgrading my score to a seven. I, I am enjoying it, but it's got flaws. The narration is good. The writing is good. I don't feel the art's the strongest. And as you say, the the artist could have done more with the fight scenes. The fight scenes we saw between jo- Judge Red and Johnny Alpha in Judgment Day were so fucking iconic, dude. And compare it to, like, Wolverine versus Omega Red. Considering how Omega Red is, the role he's played in the storyline should really have been an iconic fight, you know? But it wasn't. It was kind of billed as one, but then yeah, it was yeah, a fizzle. Yeah. You know, it's like when you watch the boxing, and I, I'm not like a boxing aficionado, but I don't mind a bit of boxing. But you know when they hype and hype and hype and hype a fight, and then it's really like boring. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's when, over by the first or second, or, or it's over by the first or second round. Yeah, like, and you just like, oh my god, fight, all yeah. this hype, 
and it wasn't what I was hoping for. And of course, you do get some fights that are absolutely barnstormers, but this was not a barnstormer. This was a mediocre fight. Uh, interesting stuff on the issue. I'm going to well, give it a seven. Well, here's the thing. You, you've got no excuse for it not being a barnstormer because it's a fucking comic. It's not based on real people and no, how they're feeling on the day. I mean, how you can, how you can make such a like low, low energy fight is just beyond me. Oh, yeah, it's fictional. Like, they're writing and drawing it themselves. Yeah, it's not dependent on real-world events at all. Like, yeah, you could you could make it as epic as you wanted to, really, within the context of, like, you know, what the artist can possibly draw. But, no, I agree with you there. Uh, then we come to Han Solo and Chewbacca. I'm actually very interested to get your view of this because I didn't actually mind it. I gave it 7.5 out of 10, and I, at first I was not feeling it, but that was, I was kind of like, this is actually not too bad. The art was at times a bit dodgy. But I overall favoured it. What did you think of this, Richie? You're the Star Wars kind of expert. Yeah, it's okay. It's mm. non. Um, uh, it's it's probably one of the better Star Wars stuff that they've done. Yeah. Um, I'm still not. It's just something really weird. I just. There's something that's just that it bothers me about the current writers that do Star Wars now in the dialogue. Right. I don't know what it is. It's just the way that the dialogue sounds in my head that it just sounds too um bland. Too twenty twenty, if that makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. I don't know, just I, I've always felt like that that people in Star Wars just talked a bit different. Mm. Like they didn't really use like you know our colloquialisms or our really, our but not, in, in their sorry, movies not, they do. Not but... our sentence. In the movies, no, no, no. They have their own colloquialism. I, I mean, like mm. you know, like you, you know, oh, you're a scruffy nerf herder, or yeah, you know, you know, Bantha, you know, Bantha Pudu is one of the the famous ones. But I, what I mean is that I feel like it's it sounds too much like our world, the dialogue, if yeah. that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Like it just, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I it, I know how I feel, but I can't explain it. If that, yeah, I, it's just yeah. one of the things I can't, I can't put into words. But when I read the dialogue, it just something's off. It doesn't fit in my head. It just I go. This doesn't sound like people in Star Wars. Mark Guggenheim wrote it. What it is? Mark Guggenheim wrote it. Who I generally like. I think he's pretty solid, good writer. I think he's underappreciated. I think he should be getting a lot more work at Marvel and DC. Um. I thought he did a serviceable job. I at times have problems with yeah, the art. It's, it's okay. Mm. It's yeah. I mean, the art is is a bit a little bit inconsistent, but it's not it's not an eyesore or anything. It's no. not it, it's not terrible. Um, you know, but again, this could also be with these days. It's a lot of the rush. You know what I mean? You don't know um, how behind artists are, how rushed they got to meet deadlines, and sometimes maybe they they mm. rush a page because they're a bit behind or whatever. So. You know, but I mean, you know, I mean, that's not an excuse, but I'm just saying, I just don't think people handle the time structure as well as maybe other artists did in the past. What did you um, think of Greedo? I quite liked having Greedo on the mission. I liked the Greedo, but again, it's that, yeah, the, that, that's the, there, there. I think you, you've helped me nail it a bit now. Greedo didn't sound like, Greedo sounded like a normal human speaking. I thought Greedo talked, no... I thought Greedo talked in a alien language. Or did he not? Well, he he no he he does he talks. Oh, he? Um, uh, I can't remember that saying. I think Hati, I think he speaks Hatties or whatever, um, and stuff. But uh, Rodians have a very different way of speaking. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Just like yeah. how Yoda has a different way of speaking. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Um, I'd call Yoda's way of speaking annoying, personally, but anyway. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, but Rodians, if you're going to write them, you need to change up the language structure a little bit. Sure. Put some stuff in there to make it sound a little bit more alien. Like like, like what we're hearing is a translation. Yes. Uh, kind of of what they're saying, and it's not a perfect translation kind yeah. of thing. You know yep. what I mean? Like, you know, I, as I said, it's just the, the, the comic's fine. The art is fine. The story is fine. It just—it's the dialogue that, that bothers me. I just feel like everyone, everyone talks with the same voice. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So out of ten, you know, even even it? Jabba, even Jabba was talking, and it yes. didn't really sound how like Jabba would talk. I like, would agree. There's just something about the current writers. I just don't think they're very good at writing different voices. I feel like everyone just has the same voice, the same accent. It's just a, it's just something that bothers me. But I'll give this uh, a six point five out of ten, mm. just because other than other than the the dialogue, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it a seven. I, I've downgraded to a seven because you've actually convinced me that it wasn't all that. It's not all that bad, but it's also not that good. It's it's yeah, like it's not it's not offensive, but you're not like oh my god, this is so great. Like, no, 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 by no means. It is and, what it is. It is. It's 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 kind of right down the middle. I'm giving a seven. You're giving a six point five. Uh, it's our trade of the week, Rich. Um, and yeah, it was your pick, Thunder Agents. Mm. Of course, a bit of commotion for me trying to work out which Thunder Agents. I, I hope I read the right one in the end. Uh, the Wally because I, I, I thought I was very clear. You were, but I was confused, <laughs> and you know I'm easily confused. Um, but you you guided me to the you, well in the end you guided me to the correct trade, so I actually got it right because you guided me there. Uh, Wally, would I believe, Rich? Now, Rich, this is your pick. Can you give listeners the ten cent pitch on the Thunder Agents? Okay, so. The Thunder Agents are, are basically a United Nations um, superhero team. So it's after World War II, and, you know, the world is all different. There's dangers, and, you know, there's still, like, um, you know, it, it's very much a fantasy world. So, uh, you know, it, when World War II ended, it wasn't like there was peace. There were other despots, and there was still, like... Um, uh, you know, Nazi factions and all that sort of stuff. Right. So they needed a, they needed a peacekeeping thing. Uh, a scientist who was developing these technologies that basically, in a sense, give people powers or bestow powers or, or whatever. Mm. He's killed, and they slowly like figuring out like what his technology did. And they, when they find the right person, they figure out what it is. They create an agent, um, to basically battle the forces of. Of, of evil the warlord um, yeah yeah so um uh, th that's basically what it is it's a united mm. nations um um task force um it's very 60s um in oh yeah yeah very know. much now it, I, it, I just want to look up because i forgot what the acronym was oh it's uh, it's a stupid acronym because it's, like, it's, so, it's so long because it's, it's th thunder long. Yeah. But it's similar to like the man from Uncle, you know it how is. like Uncle it is, is it the is. um uh the thing. I'm just it a hundred percent is. It, it's on the it's on the it's I believe it's on the cover of most of the books. Um most of the issues. The higher United Nations Defence Enforcement Reserves. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, you know what, that's pretty clever. Yeah. The fact that you could you could actually come something that's coherent for Thunder is pretty good. Now, there's a couple of different agents. You've got Dynamo. 
Uh, he basically, it's almost like uh, he's like Rex Tyler, the Owl Man. Mm. So he has a belt that basically increases his density. Uh, like uh, so, uh, he can like you know hit things hard. He's impervious, uh, impervious to like uh, damage, but only for about like thirty minutes, I think, or something. I like thought that. it was a you few minutes. I, mean? I wasn't sure how long it was. It's not too long. No, yeah. it's th- yeah, it's thirty minutes. So it's even less than Rex Tyler's hour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he gets thirty minutes, and otherwise it puts too much of a, a strain on his body, and then he can die and all that sort of stuff. And at some point, they actually put a failsafe in because he never fucking yeah. <laughs> He keeps passing out because he keeps keeps trying to like win the fight or or, or get it done, and then he always doesn't. I find <laughs> so the reviews, the the performance reviews, quite amusing when he comes back, and that yeah, guy's always yeah. on his case. It's, it's run, yeah, it's run like a a, a real bu- bureaucracy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's like red tape and there's performance reviews. Then there's another agent called No Man. He is an old man scientist who basically he's dying. So he puts his, he basically digitizes his brain, mm. and he can he can jump his consciousness from and from robot to robot or android yeah. to android. I don't know what you want to refer to as. And he gets a cloak that makes him invisible. Yes. Now there are times in the book where they forget that he is a robot, like when they put scuba gear on him, <laughs> so he can breathe underwater. And I'm like, you're a robot. You don't fucking have lungs. You don't breathe. I think sometimes the writer forgot. Yeah. You know. Uh, when he's in the story, that he's he's not a real person, um, and then there's the, um, the I think what were they called the Thunder Squad or something? The Thunder Squad, yeah, They're... yeah, that's kind of like their um, what would you call them? Like maybe your challenges or yeah, they're very um, challenges of the unknown, kind of like the the, of, the action you know, team. They are regular humans. Yes, they're just um, like a bunch just... of sort of like action go getters. Yeah, they they almost like your Suicide Squad or your Task Force S kind of thing and all that, where they all have a, a specialty, like your Howling Commanders or something. You know, he's the bombs expert, she's oh. the, you know, whatever, whatever. And then there's also, I think, what was he? Shit, what was he called? Mento or something? Yeah, is he the traitor one? So he's a traitor that uh, they give him a helmet, uh, <laughs> this helmet that amplifies telepathy. Yes. But somehow the helmet, I think, like overrides his brain and yeah, makes him a good. good guy. And then he gets <laughs> amnesia. Yeah, which I thought was pretty clever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a guy who's like, "Ha ha, I'm going to be a double agent." Meanwhile, this fucking brain thing just just rewires his brain, and he's like, "Oh no, wait, I'm a good guy." <laughs> and then he forgets what he's done and all that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. then much much later, towards the end of this collection, they introduce another agent called Lightning, and that's basically just a Flash character. He's just super right. fast. Now, Richard, did you enjoy this, um, or what was your reaction? I did actually enjoy it. It was very much like uh, very easy to read. Do you know what I mean? There's not a lot of like uh, 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 dialogue. You know, there's not a lot of like really even much explanation. But I really enjoyed it because I just found the characters quite interesting. And I also like their villains, like the Warlord. Um, he's a guy that's kind of like stepped in after, you know, Hitler and World War Two, And yes. he's got plans on world domination. But he's actually a race of like subterranean. That was cool. I, uh, I like people, that. Yeah. you know, who are going out for revenge against the humans who, during their nuclear testing, caused damage to their underworld city. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting that he's actually a, 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 a subterranean creature in disguise. That was cool. I, know, that was actually, I thought Warlord. the Warlord was pretty cool, and I liked the and I, reveal. And I liked the character of the Iron Maiden. I thought she was pretty cool. I think yeah. she had a cool design and all that. Yeah, very good um, design, so I, I just. There's just stuff in this that I just enjoyed because one, it it was quick and easy to read. 
You know what I mean? Mm. Um, the, it wasn't a lot of like expository dialogue or or setup and stuff. It was almost like your adventure of the week type thing. Where oh, they just yeah. jump in. I mean, I mean, there's one where a guy was uh, literally a scientist was using dinosaurs as a distraction so that his men could rob a bank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, dude, it was so, so 60s. You know, yeah, it was so 60s. Yeah. Now, look, I had a tough time with it because I appreciated the artwork. I appreciated the energy of the strip. I actually thought like it was pretty cool in in a lot of concepts. I just struggled with the simplistic kind of good versus evil. It reminded me a lot, maybe it was the name. Do you remember the TV show from, I think, the 60s called The Thunderbirds, The Puppets? Yeah. Now, it made me basically think about if that had been done as a comic. It was that kind of thing. Look, I appreciated it for what it was, um, but I was just, I think it was just the the sim- simple kind of good versus evil, well, you know, kind of vibe. Yeah, but me. look, I, he, I I do agree with you in the sense that it is a good versus evil, but what I did enjoy about it is that the characters themselves are not perfect. Like True. Dynamo, mm. like he kind of fucks up a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he through his, um, in a sense, almost his arrogance yeah. or he yeah. believes in how tough he is, he gets captured a lot. He does. He gets captured a hell of a keeps, lot. You know, because he refuses to, like, run away from the fight or whatever. He's very up himself, mm. in a sense. You know what mm. I mean? And then, again, you've got, like, the Mentello guy or whatever, or Mento. Mento he was my favourite. He was my favourite because I thought that and, was an interesting story. He, yeah, he's a guy that starts off as a double agent. And I thought that was very interesting. I thought, mm. wow, making a double agent, uh, like, the hero and oh, all that me sort too. of stuff. like. I, felt, yeah. I really enjoy this because there's a lot of good concepts in it, and I'm actually looking Agreed. forward Agreed. to reading the um, the, the reboot that Me they too. did um, because I just want to see what you can modern eyes where yes. you can take these characters that themselves are not perfect, right? So these are not like your Superman, your Batman, where they're like they're really good, they get out, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, they they prepared for everything. These they guys win kind it of like every time they almost wing through it a lot. You know what I mean? They wing it a lot. It's a bit of luck. That mm. gets them out of it and all that sort of shit, you know. Like with Dynamo, he's lucky that uh, one of the guards was trying to figure out the belt and accidentally like put the beacon on. Yes, you know what I mean. So no, you, you're a right. lot of it's you're like right. luck. You, no, you're a hundred percent. And I actually thought that reading it, like I'm like, this is way too simplistic and childlike for me to really vibe with. Now it reminded me a lot of when I was young, young, like six, seven, reading. My grandfather had comics that were my dad's comics from the you know fifties, and mm. and when I was reading them and and I enjoyed them. I was a little kid and like you know a lot of them were about the war because the war wasn't that long ago and you know there was a simplicity to it, um, which you know is was was appealing and um, I respond to reading it as an adult like who's read so many comics. I was kind of like wow. We're back here. Okay. Um, I'm, I'll read it for the show. Uh, I can take it in. That said, I was struggling to get through it, but I will say this. I kept realising there's a lot of concepts here that you could do in a modern update. There's enough material here on the floor. You could easily do a really good comic now. You know, tailored, uh, you know, using these concepts, not even radically altering them, but just modernising it all. Um, there's there's plenty of good concepts in this comic, and for that reason, um, I'm going to give it seven out of ten because I, I I think there's plenty of good concepts, 
And probably for the time, some of the stuff was very 50s, but some of the stuff like having the trader on the team was also a little bit, you know, unique. And, yeah, there was some good stuff there. When we got to the junior Thunder agents, like, helping out in the fruit shop, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, am I in grade two? You know, like, reading this kind of stuff. Like, it's almost like I said it to Adam in the computer. This is the kind of stuff you give kids to get them to learn how to salute the flag, you know, to instill yeah. sort of morals, oh, no, you I, know. Well, the, well the, yeah, well, this is the weird thing about this. This is what I find so fascinating is mm. that it's almost simplistic in a way for children, mm. but in a sense it's also very complex when you think about it. Like, again, you've got a, a traitor mm. who is a double agent sure. who is, is actually there, he's actually a bad guy, Yes. Um, and in fact, uh, in the Thunder Squad, mm. the leader, uh, what, what's he called, uh, Egghead or whatever, he's like yeah. the leader because he's like the tactician, they they kill him off mm. in, in, in like their second outing. He gets blown away, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, and, and, and what I found fascinating is the warlord, he's called, they call it the, the zombie men, right? Yeah. But these are, just, these are just men who've basically been like hypnotized or mind wiped and they're constantly killed you... off the body count is massive oh, for those but, guys yeah but these are innocent men in a sense these are not guys who are like yeah i believe in the warlord's cause no. these are basically people who have had who have been mind controlled um to be his foot soldiers right to be his army but they're not bad guys they yeah. most of them are probably innocent guys who are literally being killed and slaughtered um just because they're on the opposing uh, uh, team and there doesn't seem to be any remorse no. <laughs> from the. I mean, they even say, "Oh wow, these guys are the zombie men. They their minds have been controlled, and well, they're like, let's blow them away." Yeah, that's and I'm what like, I mean. That's that's, that's what I mean by the 1950s comics, which depicted the war. When you read them, it was very much like, in all honesty, good versus evil. The American forces killing what in in the comics I read back then with the Japanese, uh, blah blah blah, and it was depicted as. The white hats and the black hats, basically, in essence. And, and there was deaths, and there wasn't any sort of real, you know, judgment about it all. That was just the story that was being told. Like, we are defending against, uh, you know, etc. insert enemy, you know, insert situation. Uh, look, I enjoyed them, and they were a building block for me getting into comics. You know what I mean? Like, the, you know what I mean? I was reading these comics yeah. that my dad would have read, and I was, like, so young... I was reading them going, this is good stuff. Now, they're a good stepping stone to getting into comics. And again, I actually think if you had a kid, small kid, these aren't the worst stepping stone either because they're simple, simple, they're easy to understand. There's a little bit of complexity, some of which will go over a kid's head. It's good versus evil. It's very black and white. It's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, for a seasoned adult jaded and who likes other things it was somewhat of a chore but the creator in me the writer in me could was thinking yes if i was given if they said to me dave we're going to give you this this is your chance to break into comics we're going to give you the thunder agents you're going to have to come up with, i'd be like easy not easy i'm obviously everything's hard to do but like there's there's heaps of material on the floor in the original comics that I could reboot this. There's plenty of stuff ready to go, which I actually think is a praise for something that came out back in the 60s. And I also think some of the artwork was quite dynamic as well um, for its time period. I mean, I, I'm giving it a solid 7 out of 10, but I do want to admit it was it was a grind for me. I, I am a professional. 
um, and I got through it. But I also felt it's the kind of comic where you read 100 pages, you've kind of got the comic. Um, you know, and I, I think I got to about 200 pages. And, you know? Well, as you said, it's about like it's, it is like the sort of the 60s, right? And, yeah. you know, again, comics are seen as like a children's thing. But I do think that they tried to put as much like um depth as they could it's it is shallow depth but as i said like w- when you think about it I that's mean, the time you know, they though. got people yeah. yeah but i mean they got people killing each other that you know the, sure. the heroes are not perfect you know um yeah. themselves and in fact i think there was one where um i think there was someone who's technically like what they were doing was for a good cause but you know, they, what they was the skinny. reaction at the time to this? That's what, I'd be interested to know. What was the well? It, I the think legacy? it went on for a fair bit. So they were popular because um, th- th- that's something that you know. Aside from the actual work itself, I'm as interested in knowing what their relationship was to the culture of the time. Like, how big yeah. were these comics? Yeah, like I'll have a look at it. But think about it. Like as I said, like the Warlord is a subterranean race who just want revenge against the humans who damage their world. So, I mean, that's that's not like black and white, but sure. it's as grey as they could be. Do you know what I mean? Without, it's pretty, like, black, really it's getting... pretty black and white, though, in the comics, you know, like... No, but, I mean, what I'm saying is that in the comics, they could have just had the warlord as being an evil guy. Yes. But they actually they actually say, oh, we're a subterranean race. You, you, just, you killed some of our, you know, our people... You've destroyed our city with your nuclear bomb testing. Yeah. You know, your underground testing. So now we're we're coming to take over your world. I kind of feel like that's not black and white. Now like, let's let's have that, a look here. That's no, a I, bit more gray. Yeah, no, I hear you. But I hear you. Yeah. It's a it's a small amount. What I'm saying is that they didn't do it too often, but that's why I'm keen to read. I'd love to see the the I definitely want to check out the the relaunch that they did. Or yes. The, yes. Nick Spencer, the, I believe, was the writer. Adam, the computer, said it was actually pretty good. Um, we, we should do that at some point in the future, Rich, I think. Uh, there, were, there were six volumes, reprinted volume collections of the Thunder Agents, and right. they all were about... Well, each collection is between 200 and 300 pages. So, Is that the reboot or is that the originals? No, this is the originals. Okay. So now, they, they reprinted all the originals into six volumes. Which is a so, long run. So I've got, some, lot, yeah. I've got some stuff here. Inspired by the wave of espionage films led by the James Bond film franchise of the Man From U.N.C.L.E. television series, artist Wally Wood and writer Len Brown created the team with input from co-creator Larry Ivey. Debuting in 1965, Thunder Agents 1, published by Tower Comics, the team served as an extension of the United Nations. Uh, yada, yada, yada. And I was, just, I was just trying to get some sort of like... Uh, uh, basically, initially published bi-monthly, so it's every two months, by Tower Comics. The first volume of Thunder Agents ran for 20 issues before Tower went out of business in 1969. In 81, the per- property was purchased by John Cabanaro as part of his new comic book company, JC Comics, which published issues in 83 and 84. Meanwhile, David Singer claimed the property had since lapsed in the public domain and published his own volume of Thunder Agents through his company Deluxe Comics in 84 before being sued, blah, blah, blah. So there was legal shenanigans. Uh, um, in t- 2012, or in 20, no, 2009, DC acquired the Thunder Agents license from the Cabanaro estate and set out to make the property part of the DC universe by adding a new incarnation of the team led by Nomad, with an added emphasis on the superhero's various powers having lethal side effects on them. In 2012, 
the license was then transferred to IDW Publishing with a new series by Phil Hester and Andrea DeVito that had a new Domino save the team. So somewhere in there, Nick Spencer did something because I, I know that uh, Adam said that and he said that was good stuff. But, I mean, yeah, they, they're sort of like the... They're, they're a parallel universe to what was happening at Marvel and DC. Um, and believe you me, I've read plenty of 60s DC and it's no more complicated than this. In some ways, some of the stuff that I've read from World's Finest is probably more simplistic than this, you know? From, from Actually, you know what? You know, I, I'm wondering, you just said bi-monthly. I'm wondering if it's with the simplicity if it actually came out twice a month. Well, bi-monthly can mean two things. It can either I know, mean but once every time. I'm, but I'm just wondering at the at the pace that the stories went, sure. you know, they were so so short in a sense and very like, I'm wondering if that's because it was coming out twice a month. Like they had to like... Get it done, well, they get, only you know had I mean? 20 like, issues. They had 20 issues from 65 to 69, which tells me it was probably every two months. So they had 20 issues from from 65 November to 69. So I don't okay, know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I, okay, I don't know. I mean, anyway, look, it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and I certainly would check out the reboot at some point, Rich, because I think I'd be interested in the modern day retelling, you know? Yeah. As I said, look, it was just interesting to see something that was done by a different company. At oh, time. yeah. You know for what sure. I mean? Because sure. everything we check out is generally Marvel, DC. And it would, I it just, I knew Thunder Agents, and it was one of the more well known or, you know, sure. uh, fairly popular stuff that wasn't the big two or, yeah. you know, uh, that, that had its day and then never quite managed to recapture his day and all that. Michael um, I, quite, I quite like the idea of, um, I like that reboot idea of like the powers are actually killing them. That's a very yes. interesting um, uh, take on it as well. Yeah, and Adam, we'll get Adam the computer to uh, direct us to whatever volume he's talking about that's actually, he's saying is quite good. And I'm sure he said Nick Spencer, who wasn't mentioned in that article, but I'll get Adam to, you know, refer us to something. Uh, yeah, I mean, 7 out of 10 for me. What are you giving it, Rich? It's an it's a 8 out of 10 for me. 8 out of 10. And it was. Uh, I'm glad you picked it. And um, I knew as I was reading it, I was thinking Richard is going to be loving this um, because it's. It almost you know what it was, I think. You know when they do in modern comics, they do the retro issue. It was almost like I was reading retro issues, kind of thing. Mm. Like this is the kind of this is the very similar to the kind of retro issue, but it's 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 more earnest than a retro issue ever is, you know? Because it, it's an actually a product of the time, which in itself is interesting because it's a time capsule, you know? So I actually appreciated it more from that aspect, and I could recognise there was a lot of good concepts in there that you could do a lot with. Like, there was a lot of concepts in this book that you could certainly play with uh, through modern eyes. So, yeah, I think seven, and you gave it an eight, Rich? Um... 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Now, next week, we are going to have Jerry Conway on the show. And to celebrate Jerry Conway, we are going to be doing Spectacular Spider-Man Tombstone, a Jerry Conway Spider-Man collection, I believe, from when he was doing Spider-Man in the 80s, late 80s into very early 90s, Rich. He had a second run on on, on Spider-Man in that period. Um, And this is apparently... I've not read it. It's apparently a really well-regarded collection of Spider-Man. And I thought it would be... And uh, Sal Buscema on art duties. Um, And, yeah, Jerry Conway on writing duties, Rich. Uh, Sounds good. Spectacular Spider-Man. And we are looking forward. If you have questions for Jerry, 
and if you have questions for James Mateus, who's coming up in uh, April, and we've got Chuck coming up in May, if you've got questions, please contact me with your questions. I will definitely try to get those answered for you, um, for, for all those people. And I love having listener questions. Um, and I like weaving them into the show because we do try to prepare these interviews so that we've got plenty of content. Um, and we are really looking forward to Jerry Conway and um, it's going to be a fun one. And so, yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, I want to say, Rich, thanks for coming on, man. You've uh, you put in a big effort for a tired guy. It feels like you're still punching. You're landing punches late in the piece, man. I got a second win. Got a second, I love it. <laughs> well, sometimes that's, the be- sometimes that's the best batting, man. You get in the zone. That's where guys score the triple hundreds, man. You don't think, you know, Hashish Hamler got untied when he was scoring a triple hundred that time? I'm sure he did. Yes. Stop focusing on the ball. H- hitting into the gaps, man. Quick singles. Love it. Uh, look, on that note, on that on that cricket-related note, which I know I know our US <laughs> listeners enjoy my cricket. My US listeners must just love my cricket digressions. Um, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Good night.